Why this fool got more comics than a motherfucker? Welcome to MCMF. My name is Marcus. I have too many comic books, and uh, I decided to double down on it, ruining my personal relationships by making all my friends read comic books. Joining me on this episode, where we're going to talk about something we hate, <laughs> is my man Will. How y'all doing up there? Uh, prepare yourselves. This is going to get negative quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, most definitely. So, last week... Uh, last episode with Jake, we talked about the Judas contract, a story we both love a lot. Um, one of the stories I recommend the highest to somebody who is getting into comics, because at the end of the day, that is what I want to do with this show is I want, if I can get any, if I can get 10 people to start reading comic books and make that easier for people, I'll call this a success. This is not one of those books. This is not one of those stories that... I recommend to people that I would say, go read if you're interested in getting into comics. This is a story, this is a title that I abhor, I despise, I loathe. We are going to be talking about New 52, Red Hood, and The Outlaws. Uh, this book ran for 40 issues. It, alongside the other title written by Scott Lobdell, uh, his Teen Titans, these are my two these are two of my least favorite comics that have ever come out and they were wildly popular at the time and I don't understand why. So my theory is I'm convinced that the only reason this book was popular is because it was the first like Red Hood, not even a solo book because it's still a team book, but it was the first Red Hood focused book and during the New 52 if you liked I think you had brought this up if you liked Starfire or like Red Hood this was the only place you could read them. Or Reddit or Arsenal, because Roy isn't in anything else uh, yeah, at but, this time I mean, either. Listen, you're talking to the biggest Green Arrow fan. Yeah. He don't Roy doesn't have the cats beating down the middle. You know? Yeah, yeah, true. You don't see him. But there are people Arsenal who are there are people who like him. Yeah, definitely for sure. I don't wanna I don't wanna completely shit on him. Yeah, I mean I'll but say yeah, this. As like as one of the only people who inexplicably really likes Mia, I get it. Yes. Which mm. One day I will. One day on the show we will talk about Green Arrow. Yes, the that was what I this think. episode was originally going to be. <laughs> this was originally well, going to be I, a Green Arrow episode. We were going to talk about. We we're going to pick a Green Arrow story. And we were going to read. Uh, we we're going to read a Green Arrow story and talk about that. And then you said, "Nah, let me shoot on Disney era Marvel or the New Fifty Two." And yes. oh. because me and Gary are going to do Avengers versus X Men in a couple weeks possibly which i cannot wait for oh that's gonna be fun um i was like well we pretty much got the disney era marvel stuff covered at least for now so let's go new 52 fuck it let's do red hood and the outlaws because i'm already gonna do teen titans with monet uh because if i've got to experience that somebody else has got to experience it that book yeah is, yeah if i hate this book that book is i used to wake up breath still hot and curse the name <laughs> of Scott Lobdell on the internet. Like, <laughs> and you know, I think I, I think it's more egregious than what is happening in Red Hood. Well, what happened in Red Hood? Yeah, because at least with Red Hood, you can kind of there wasn't a whole lot 
Right. Jason had passed through so many writers and had so many changes to his personality, to like the things he was doing. So I think. Right. And the thing is, Lobdell at this point, Scott Lobdell has written Jason Todd more than anybody who has ever written him. That's sickening. That's actually. (laughs) Like his Jason is Jason now. He's written Jason basically for the last 10 years. And what frustrates me about that is, so as the audience may not know this, but like we all have a very deep connection to the Robins. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I I think for a good chunk of our conversations for the last 10 years have opened with one of us referring, with me referring to you as Todd or you referring to me as Drake. Like always. Like I'm Tim, you're Jason. Uh, and Manny is dick. And I think I think the thing that burns me up the most about people who write the Robins, and they're doing it to Damien too, on uh, some of the recent stuff that I've peeked in on, mm-hmm. is that they they make them two one note, which is Dick is the funny Robin. Jason is the angry Robin. Tim is the smart one. And it's like to do Stephanie them right, is the girl. Exactly. That's literally just <laughs> Stephanie is the girl and Damien is the brooding one. And yes. I think I think good writers realize that all of them kind of all of them can be all of these things at once. Like Tim is a deeply angry person. Yes. And if you think he can't be brooding, uh, watch after Khan died because woo, buddy. So not to not to not to make this a Tim Drake uh, episode, as I will do at some point, there's going to be an episode where I'm going to make somebody read like the John Lewis, Pete Woods, uh, Robin stuff, which is that's my favorite shit ever. Um, Tim goes through, he gets the, like the hardest back to back to back to back trauma in real world years. Like not even just like publication years, like in, in, in universe years, because in universe he's, his mom dies, his mom dies and his dad is murdered by Captain Boomerang in a space of like three years. Tim in real world time within the space from like 2004 to 2006. It's like his dad dies. Stephanie dies. uh, Multiple of his classmates are murdered. One of his classmates is shot and killed in front of him and then comes back as a demon later to try and kill him. Uh, Khan dies. Bart dies. That's in space like a year and a half. The guilt he feels about Stephanie dying. Like it's yeah, it's it's rough, man. Like yeah. it's it's rough. They put it's, that boy through the ringer. <laughs> like it was, uh, I almost feel like it wasn't even like on purpose. It was just like he's connected to all these things. Therefore, like his dad and Stephanie, I don't think that those were like the same writer had the idea. It was just like those two things happened to happen around the same time. Yeah, which speaking of his dad, like I, whenever I think of Tim Drake trauma, I just think about which I think I think you said you're going to. I think about Blackest Night. Oh and yeah, when his fucking parents are there. Yes, those there the two moments in Blackest Night that are the absolute craziest are Black Lantern, Captain Boomerang, and I think his dad's name was Jack, right? Jack Drake, yeah, yeah, and Black Lantern, Jack Drake reenacting him killing him, yes, in front of Tim and Tim and, saving him this time. Yes, crazy <laughs> shit, and then Black Lantern, uh, the Flying Grayson, like. Doing the trapeze routine with Batman and Dick Grayson with Batman just turns to like a 10 year old boy again. It's so sad. It's so fucked. Um, 
I'm gonna have somebody line up to do that episode, so that's gonna be fun too. Um, but Red Hood and the Outlaws. This was this is like you said. This is the first. This is Jason Todd's first like series as the first ongoing as the protagonist of something, because Red Hood Lost Days had come out a few years earlier, and I want to say that was like six issues. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it, it's. I've got it around. Um, it's, it's like six issues and it's, it's solid. I remember really liking it when I read it. Uh, even if like <laughs> we shouldn't talk about Talia in that yeah. book and, uh, things that she does. Yes, that's, it's, it happens. It happens. happens. Yeah. Acknowledge that it happens, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, this book, this book fundamentally, uh, uh, it's rotten. Um, it, it's, it is dog shit, frankly. When I, I posted a screenshot from it, and um, and one of my one of my friends on Twitter just went, "Why the fuck are you reading this?" Like, oh, I read work. Oh like, God! You know how bad a comic book has to be for me to put my phone down and say, "Let me do some actual work." <laughs> Let me do my goddamn job and stop reading this comic book. Because this shit is terrible. Like, The I, name. Even the name sucks. Red Hood and the Outlaws. Hmm. It just, it, which, first of all, we're the outlawing against. Yeah, now, what I'll say is that they do show them killing a few people, but not to the point for them to be like, public enemy number one like roy you can say is an outlaw because when this book opens he is literally in jail (laughs) and like starfire's uh, you can argue she's an outlaw because she's on she's on the run from slavers in space but even still that shouldn't affect her on earth if i guess if 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 her being almost killed and they're like oh well Aliens don't count as people, so we can't prosecute them for murder. You shouldn't be able to prosecute her for crimes. She's not a citizen of this planet. Right, yeah. Fucking extradite her back to Tamara. <laughs> you know? And like Red Hood, alright, fair, fair game. You know, yes, he's Jason is an outlaw, off. which is, later the book changes titles in volume two um, after, like, briefly uh, it becomes, or, or I think after like 25 issues it becomes Red Hood Outlaw. Okay. Well, yeah. You know. Yep. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but and I also don't understand the team composition. It really just feels like I like. Do we know? Did he handpick these three, or were they just like given to him? Because I he had to pick them. He he had to pick them. And I wonder if I wonder if similar to what they ended up doing with the Teen Titans, similar to what um. What led to the creation of Harper Row, which was DC saying, these are the characters that are on the table. These are the characters that are not. Yeah, I can see that. And now that I think about it, I feel like Starfire Spot was meant for Power Girl. Really? Like, just thinking about the way she's characterized, she's written... Like, and I can't prove that, but I'm just saying maybe it would have made more, this story might have made more sense if this is, if this is Power Girl instead of Starfire. Hmm. Because, well, the thing that that stands out to me as a huge bugaboo 
is that when you see these three people on paper, the one big piece of connective tissue they have is Dick Grayson. Is, is Dick Grayson. He is in two pages. <laughs> he's in flight. He's in a flashback. Yeah, and then in the uh, after death of the family, he's he's literally in. <laughs> so they're at Wayne Manor. Everybody else is in regular clothes, and like Corey and Roy come to pick Jason up. He goes inside, and Nightwing is in full fucking costume, rooting <laughs> and Gargoyle inside of Wayne Manor. And he's like, I'm not going to say hi to her. Just take care of her. And you don't see him again. Which, again, is not... Okay, so Dick... I, I talked about it in the last episode. Dick is is one to brood, because he is Bruce's son in, in his heart. Oh, yeah, definitely. But Dick is not, I'm not going to say hi to Corey brooding. That's... Especially because... And what I would irks me the most, what made me literally have to put my phone down, is when they, they do a flashback at some point to show how Jason and Corey met each other. Yeah. And she sees him and she keeps thinking he's dead. Well, she's like, and she's like, he's really familiar. I don't know where I know him from, but he's he I he reminds me of someone I know I loved. And then she tells him straight up, I know I'll see him again, and then I'll remember. And then not only does he not want to see her, she just refuses to go inside as if she knows he's there and doesn't want to see him. What is continuity? Yeah, like my biggest problem with this book is its treatment of Starfire because not only is it inconsistent with previous depictions of her as a character, it is inconsistent with its own depictions of her as a character. Yes. 100%. Like... And I understand, I think why this happened is, in my personal opinion, I think they wanted to make her a complete 180 from what most people would expect her to be. Yes. But why? For what? Like, Lobdell did an interview or sent out a tweet or something. I just remember this quote from him. Uh, This is like 2013, 2014, maybe. Because this... The thing about the New 52 was it was total dog shit. It was a total failure. For like, And I can say with confidence, the New 52 was a total failure because they, have, they rebooted it in 2016. They got rid of it. They said, no more of this shit. Because nobody was into it. Is that the reboot that they did, they had to reboot. Yes. They had to reboot the reboot and go back to the old stuff. Because what, what it's me up about this, because and this is why I want to talk about Disney Marvel too, is that they the justification is always that we want to make it accessible for new readers. Right. Okay, I understand that's where the money is. New people tend to kind of frenzy buy stuff. I get that. Then why not make the characters what the, what people, people would people recognize? Use? Thank you. Like because what? if I oh. if I had no experience with comic books outside of what was on TV. If my only exposure to the character of Starfire was the Teen Titans show from 2003, I... And I picked this book up. I would not recognize this character. Like, who the fuck is this? Because this isn't Starfire. You can say that about basically... Well, I won't say all of them. Because I didn't read enough to know how Raven was. But I know you can say the same thing about Beast Boy, too. Oh, like, yeah. 
Hey, who the fuck why is that guy? Your, like, why are you ignoring your most, like, entry-level position here? Right, yeah. Like, there's characters you can play with in that way to kind of, quote-unquote, freshen them up as he thought he was doing. And I don't think I don't think Starfire is one of them. And I don't think that's the way to do it. Making her the forgetful uh, sex demon. I don't think that's I don't think that's the way to do yeah. it. Starfire you know, can't like, remember anybody, but she loves to fuck. Yeah. yeah. Do they ever make? Do they ever even say like why she can't remember humans? She she just humans all look the same to her. I think is the thing that Jason says. So fucking stupid. Like so stupid. Like and. At first, because I remember when I read it, I think I overlooked that when I, like when it was coming out. And I remember the issue where she they show her meeting Jason. I thought the joke was that, oh, Jason kind of looks like Dick. Because, because he does. Right. And because originally that's one of the reasons like Batman was so quick to put him out there is so that people wouldn't think there was a new Robin. I thought right. that was the joke. But then I'm like, no, wait, she doesn't. She doesn't remember who Dick is. She just she just is like, you look kind of familiar. Crazy. Um, Absolute crazy stuff. Yeah, the thing I was going to say was that the quote was something to the effect of uh, updating these characters is more than just putting a smartphone in their hands, I think was the quote. And it's like, okay, but you're updating them in ways that are really stupid. Like, a lot of these characters' origins and personalities change, and that's not updating them, that's just making them a different character. Like... I just, I have to laugh, man, because it's like you're not, you're not dealing with like some faucet comic character that hadn't been used since 1960. It's not Alan Scott and Jay Garrick. Thank you. Like you're not trying to make Wildcat a right. for the new yes. generation. If you're, man. if like you can update Wildcat and make him a different character, you update Wildcat today and he's Floyd Mayweather Senior. You know. like which is way different but like that's how you make that character modern tim drake a character created in 1989 and jason todd a character created in 1984 don't need to be updated especially when they were pretty modern already yeah and that's another thing is that they were i think unless you were reading comics at the time to see it happen i don't think you will realize how sudden the new 52 happened oh it just it just happens it's like I think I want to say a month before this is when they had the um it was in the Batman run where Jason Todd's teaming up with Dick Grayson Batman. Yes. Like these are characters that were actively doing stuff. Like it wasn't like they were just on a shelf somewhere, you know? Right. Like before we started, we were talking about the Teen Titans character Solstice. Solstice was a granted a new character, but she changes so radically from the last issue of 03 Teen Titans to the first issue of New 52 Teen Titans. Like, she's a different person now. Cat, like, like, I didn't even work that. Like, I didn't even work that. Yeah, you know, who the fuck is this? Like, oh yeah, it's Solstice. What? Uh, like, just to throw out there, some dumb retcons that happened around this time. And granted, there are some good ones. There are some, <laughs> there are some retcons that admittedly I think are kind of dumb, but they're dumb in the way that I like uh, yeah. like Clark Kent faking his death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a Superman comic. Uh, for the listener, there's a Superman comic where essentially Batman finds out that um, that Clark Kent is Superman, and this freaks Clark out. 
And so as a result, Clark's like, well, shit, anybody can figure out if Bruce can figure You know, Batman can figure it out. Because I don't even think he knows he's Bruce Wayne yet. But he's like, if Batman can figure it out, then anybody can figure it out. Uh, which is a really dumb way to think. But, but I guess the logic is, what's to stop fucking Darkseid or whoever, you know? Uh, so he fakes his death in a fire and then becomes a fireman. <laughs> his new identity is Johnny Clark, Met, uh, Metropolis uh, Metropolis Fire Department. And then Batman figures that out too. Like He's like a Law & Order character that's like on his way to a job and is, uh, he's trying to get info from him. Johnny Clark? Get yes. out of here. <laughs> like... <laughs> And Batman sees him, he's like, hey, are you a fireman now? And he's like, what, what the fuck? How do you keep figuring this out? Um, Which I would I would be, I would laugh incredibly hard if Superman didn't know. Because how don't you? You have x-rays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how, nobody has secrets from you, buddy. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that or not. I'm, I'm fucking Superman. Okay. All right, uh, but just there was that, but then there was also uh, they in a reprint of Teen Titans number one, they changed the origin of the Teen Titans from being uh, like a new version of the Teen Titans that Tim puts together to being that nope, Tim uh, Tim's Teen Titans are the first Teen Titans actually, uh, which conflicts with Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yep, because Roy explicitly. Asks Starfire in the first issue, "Hey, do you remember?" And then starts naming the Titans. He's like, "You remember anybody named Dick or Garth or Wally?" Which, so okay, all right. So let's say that humans aren't unique enough to stand out to her. I gotta think the fucking green, or I think it was red. I gotta think the multicolored one that turns into animals sticks or the, out, or the one that's half robot. I or the dude little, who lives in the bottom of the ocean, like. You know, just things like you remember. See, I can see if all Robins look alike, maybe all are all just a blur to you, but come on, man. Like, the chick with the feather helmet, she doesn't leave an impression. Like, you used to hang out with a dude who is a robot. Like, <laughs> he's a black dude with a with a red eye. You don't remember him? You know? And an impressive set of curls, if we're, uh, if we're in the age. Yo! How does he got? How does he have waves? <laughs> Cyborg with the wave cap is kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, that's crazy to think about. Okay, so let's. We're twenty minutes in. We have not even fucking talked about the book itself. Let's just get into yes. it. Uh, issue one. Uh, my first note is I fucking hate this art. <laughs> yes. Like, oh my god, it's. I, I've come up with a thing, and I haven't worked out the kinks on it, but uh, I'm calling it the Perez to Liefeld scale. Mm. You know, Perez after George Perez, Liefeld after Rob Liefeld. Yep. This falls, this is very Liefeld-leaning. Yeah. You know what this, but you know with who this is closer to? Hmm. Uh, what's the guy that wrote for X-Men for a while that just traced? Especially with women's faces. Oh, uh, Greg Land? Yeah, yes. This is near the Greg Land territory. Especially Starfire. Oh, Starfire is atrocious. But, like, specifically this first page, a lot of dudes with a lot of weird extra lines on their faces. 
For no reason. Just just because, really. Uh, Roy looks like shit, which he's supposed to here, because he's been in Karaki jail for yeah, however long. Uh, it's narrated by Jason, who's going like, oh, you know, Roy's a good guy, but he's an idiot. And... Oops, he's in Karaki jail. And then... They're, they bring in the priest to confess his sins, his last rites or whatever. And the priest turns out to be Jason. Surprise. Surprise Jason surprise. doing the, he's, he's doing the Eric Bischoff priest gimmick. <laughs> At the uh, Billy and Chuck wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Did somebody say three minutes? <laughs> Craziness. God. And then, and then Rosie and Jamal. Oh, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> Rosie and Jamal come in and start whooping everybody's ass. You know? <sighs> but is this a, I don't know if this qualifies as the art style, but one thing I do hate is that, uh, first of all, almost every issue of this book starts off with narration, like it's a fucking episode of Raw. But <laughs> the, <laughs> Like TNA 2007? Exactly. And the, 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 the title, like the quote boxes for the narration all look the same unless you look really close. Yeah, because they're all like, that same stupid hue of red. Yeah, like well, Starfires are different because they're like orange. But Jason and Roy's, yeah, you have like, to I notice mean, that yeah. the text in Jason's is black and the text in Roy's is white. It's it's I hate it so much. I also I hate the art in general because I, I hate, hate that, that they gave Jason's helmet lips. Ooh, don't get me started <laughs> on the lips. The two the two things that I have I have big notes about is that. The helmet should never have lips, and he's not fucking Spider-Man. His eyes should not be. His emotive. eyes don't move. It's a helmet. It's a, it's a fucking helmet. It's a helmet. Why does the helmet look shocked? Oh, uh, actually, so Jason's text boxes are black with red text, and Roy's are red with white text. <laughs> it's like alternate costumes. Yeah, yeah, they're fucking palette swaps. Also, a lot of long range in this team. You had Jason with guns, Roy with arrows, which these two things together feel redundant, but then you have Starfire who has fucking lasers. Yes, and I think the the logical fix to that would be, oh, make things go wrong with with Jason's guns so he can get up close and personal. Because we know Jason's a good fighter. Jason was trained by fucking Batman. But no, they take the they double down because at one point, spoiler alert, Starfire just has two fucking space AK forty seven at some point. <laughs> Jason no gets reason. these swords for a while, which I think was a cool idea. But then Jason <laughs> is encroaching on Damien's territory because Damien uses the swords. You know, they kind of look like that weird, uh, that weird squiggly sword that he had for like, a, like an issue. Yeah, yeah. And then, the, but they're bronze. I don't know, man. It's, we'll get we'll get to all that. It's, it's very all Assassin's that. Creed. Um, there's a uh, there's this one. So the thing is about this book, I think the thing that makes me the most mad is that every once in a while there's like an actual good joke. Yes. Yep. <laughs> every once in a while there's something that actually like makes me laugh, and then I'm like, fuck, why isn't this like this all the time? Like, there's this great uh, Jason and. Roy are escaping from the jail uh, after they whoop everybody's ass there. And Roy says, admit it, Harper and Todd, we're a great team. And Jason says, the only reason I'm here is because if anything happens to you, that would make me the worst former sidekick ever. And then they both, <laughs> Jason's uh, Jason's little narration box goes too far and Roy's goes too far. 
<laughs> like I love that. I love that joke. Unironically, I think that's hilarious. So I'm going, whoa, 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 I'm not here because I like you. I'm here because if you die, then it's just me. And you know, I think, to, and I, we're going to spend a lot of time shitting on on old Scotty Boy here because he does a lot of stuff bad. The one thing I will say, I think he gets pretty good is the actual banter between Roy and Jason. Roy and is, Jason. Is that's why for a while this book becomes Red Hood Arsenal. Yeah. Yep. Like it relaunches briefly as just Red Hood and Arsenal because I think that everyone recognized that the two of them were the part of this that works. The, once you add this <laughs> fucked up version of Starfire, who is not Starfire? Like she feels like a different character. Um, about this, this is me fantasy book and comic books here. But in my opinion, the perfect person who would have been able to round out that trio instead of Starfire is fucking Harley Quinn. Oh, shit, yeah. The, I think the like, thing is, though, they had her tied up in Suicide Squad at the time. That's right. She was leading the Suicide Squad, wouldn't she? With, uh, yeah, but yeah, with this team being Roy, Jason, and Harley, that works. You know, they're all kind of damaged people. They don't think they're not as bad as people think, but they also aren't as good. So actually, I'll add... This would have been Roy, this version of Roy and Jason, and then present day Harley, I think works. Ooh, yeah, yep. But not 2011, they're still trying to make her a villain, Harley. Yeah, and that was the weird thing. Like, they, I, it was, right, if I remember correctly, this is a little fuzzy, but I feel like pre-New 52, they were trying to turn the corner on her. And then when New 52 happened, they just went, no, nope, she's back with yeah, she's just back in the well, actually I don't think she's back with Joker. She's just kind of like old Harley again. Like they're just like that Wait. didn't happen. Like that's you the know, thing, can... is that a lot of characters' growth is totally undone. Which is so it's so annoying. I could I could rant all day about how I hate how Harley Quinn has been depicted. I think they're they're getting it right now from the little bit that I've seen. I don't mm-hmm. read on it. Yeah, uh, you should actually read uh, Joker War because she's great in that. Because she's like, look, Batman, I'm going to kill the Joker. You, if you don't want me to kill him, you got to get to him before I do. Because if I get to him first, I'm putting him in the ground. <laughs> and Batman's like, you know what? Fair. True. Yeah, this first issue is just really. I won't say it's a nothing issue because it it is set up, but ah, it it doesn't hook you. Yeah, I mean, this is if you want bad bad art of a woman in comics, this is this is the one. Because the first time we see Corey here, I am I'm upset looking at it. Her spine is bent in a way that people's spines don't bend. Uh. She's like, I don't even want to say she's wearing a costume. She's wearing like pasties. Uh, yeah, and I I hate how. I mean, you know, surprise, surprise, a comic book uh, in the twenty tens over sexualized the woman, but I hate this how feels much like pornography. Yes, it's it's the costume, it's how she acts, it's how people talk about her constantly, like. It gets to a point where it's like um, when they're on, well, spoiler, when they're on Tamaran, and uh, what's Jason's date's name? Isabel. Isabel. She she exclusively refers to her as stuff as like buxom. Yeah, she's like the buxom alien in there. It's like, what? nobody talks like this. 
Like, come on, bro. Don't talk about her tits. Isabel is a flight attendant that Jason goes on a date with in Miami. She's seen people with large breasts before. And like you said, Miami. So she's probably seen women that same color. with Right. She's seen women who look like Starfire before. So, so infuriating. Uh, So, fucking, you get this terrible fucking splash page of Corey. Uh, And then... Next page, Jason and Roy pull up in the, the Hummer that they stole, or the Jeep, and God, th- ugh, this fucking line is so gross, man. Uh, Roy says, uh, is she with you? And he uh, says, with us, yeah. But yeah, she's been, quote unquote, with me. Like, who the fuck? And, and see, and that, that that's the point I was making earlier, is that he, when he writes Jason, he doesn't do the thing where he makes Jason one. He tries to bring in the different elements, but he just does it poorly. Yes. Because it doesn't sound like he's joking. You see later that he probably was trying to crack a shitty joke with his friend, but it doesn't seem like that. It seems like he's just slapping his dick on the table like, Yeah, I fucked that. Look at that. He might as well be going, hey, Roy, smell my finger. Exactly. Like, what a... I don't know, man. Uh... And like she does nothing in this issue. I should I should say this is my biggest problem with Labdell's Corey is that she does nothing for a while. Like she's just she's like, and I mean like as a character she does nothing. Like as a function in the book as superpowers she does stuff. But like she she's like is the, her first line the first thing you hear her say is is there anything else I can do, Jason? Like. She's a fucking, like, she's a fucking waitress. You know, like, tapping the table on the way to her next tent top or some shit. Yeah. I just, a, a big pet peeve of mine is I hate powerful characters in team books that are there just to be powerful. Yes. And, you know, here's a thought. Maybe if the first arc of this book isn't Jason Todd, a bat character, fighting fucking demons, maybe you don't need a powerhouse. Yeah. Uh, they can make a little more grounded. This, like, this feels like they just wanted to draw Starfire's tits a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, uh, I think you mentioned that it was. And I'm pretty sure it's just horny dudes that want to look at stuff. Yeah. Like, because, like, things. her. I want people listening to this to know that I am not exaggerating the way she looks here. Like, I'm going to post this panel on Twitter after I put the episode up because on the next page, which is three weeks later on St. Martinique, they just been hanging out on an island for three weeks, I guess. Um, the first thing you see is Starfire coming out of the, coming out of the water onto the beach. Um, and like, again, more terrible anatomy. It's again. It is like, it, like you said, Greg Land. It's like they, you might as well have just drawn pornography here. Yeah, and not particularly good pornography. I should add. Exactly. Like and, and, it's porn, and but it's bad. <laughs> like in that one scene, all she establishes is no humans aren't important enough for me to care about. Do you want to have sex? Like that's it. That's yes. All yes. That's all she does. Because like also, Jason and Roy are having a conversation here that feels like they definitely should have had. At some point before now, because 
they're all, so it's been three weeks explicitly. They tell you it has been three weeks. Jason and Roy are sitting on the beach watching Starfire come out of the ocean. And uh, they're talking about how much Jason hates Gotham. And Roy asks, aren't you a little worried about what happens when she finds out about you and her ex? Her ex being Dick Grayson, who before now at this point is one of Roy's closest friends. Like, that's the other thing is that like Dick Grayson's closest friends are all either reassigned to Jason or are missing. Because where the fuck is Donna Troy? Where the fuck is Wally West? At when it happened, when the new 52 happened, I called it that they were just going to put Donna Troy on a fucking rocket and send her to the moon. Because there is no character in comic book history, except maybe like Jean Grey Phoenix, that a company just doesn't know what the fuck to do with. Like yeah. how they do Donna. Donna, after Wolfman stops writing her, nobody knows how to fucking what to do with her. Like she's got 20 different origins. Yeah. Like, they just don't know what to do with her. Like, whenever, I think it's always a bad side. Whenever a superhero just, that's when you, they're just. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, the, all right. So now like Donna is a lot like Colossus in the sense that after a certain point, nobody knew what the fuck to do with her and nobody cared yep. to find something new to do with her. But see, I'll even, I even argue that like, with Colossus, he at least has enough characters that are known to be integral to him that you have something you can fall back on. Like, right. if you don't know what to do with Colossus, you can at least do a Colossus and Kitty Price. You can Colossus do a and Colossus and Magic. Magic, yeah. But with Donna, they don't even try. They, like, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's the same thing with Cassie. It's like, is, this is fascinating to me. It's something I've been thinking about lately is they'll they'll run every Robin, every Kid Flash every Superboy, every Speedy, whatever. The Wonder Girls, who gives a fuck? Yep. Like, uh, I got a crazy stat for you. You know that Cassie has had her own series exactly once? Uh, That's one more than I thought she would. Yeah. Honestly. She she had a six-issue miniseries in like 2005. Crazy. And you know, I, I have a theory about that. I think the problem is the way these companies think that we view female superheroes. Yeah, they think that, that you won't buy it. Yeah, I think they think that you can show Batman and Green Arrow and Superman and Bar- uh, Bar- uh, Barry Allen being kind of like fatherly figures and still seem cool, but they don't know how to how to translate that to one. Yeah, they think she either has to be fully badass or full set. Yeah, like Wonder Woman cannot be motherly to. Donna or Cassie, despite the fact that they're her sisters. She doesn't have yes. to be motherly. She could just be their big sister. And I think what I think what supports this theory is remember when uh oh I'm having a major brain fart. When Wonder Woman's mother took over as Wonder Woman, but they still wrote her just like she was just regular. No, the, like she was still Diana, like, yeah. Yeah, like no difference, just different name. Yeah. And she's literally She's literally a queen filling in for her daughter. And yeah. they just don't give her any chance to be maternal, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's very weird because, like, I think Oracle proves you can do this with a character. Like, 
Yes. Especially the way they write yeah. Barbara now, where if Cassie or not Cassie, if Cassandra and uh, Stephanie are around, she kind of shifts automatically into being like their big sister. The same way 100%. Dick shifts if Tim and Damien are around, but they do not afford that same luxury to Wonder Girl, to to Cassie or Donna, and it's very weird. Yeah, I mean, and it's uh, Donna and Cyborg are kind of in- interesting to me in the idea that like after like the year two thousand, it was like, all right, the fuck do we do with these characters? Yeah, which Cyborg confuses me because I feel like even just his very existence is a it's a, a story ripe with all kind of potential. Especially once they started putting him more of the Justice League than the Teen Titans. Yeah. Because then you kind of have the, the conflict. Because that's that's quite a cat. Before the New 52, there weren't a lot of Titans that made the full-time Justice League. No, it was like, it was, uh, it was Dick, Wally, Donna, and that was basically it. Yeah, and Roy joins very, very briefly. Mm-hmm. I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think at least with Donna and Wall, when they got the Justice League call up, they were like actively filling in Bantam. Yeah, well, yeah, Donna, I don't think becomes Wonder Woman. I think she becomes Troya. Oh, yeah, you're right. She, she gets her right. own identity, which is cool, but Wally is the Flash. And Wally was the Flash from like 1986. He was the Flash and the only Flash from like 86 to Infinite Crisis when Bart becomes the Flash. Because Wally stays inside Wally the Speed Force to try and hold back Superboy Prime. Which just for Wally West, man. Man, they they didn't they shelved him. So I was gonna get into it before they there was a list of characters that they just shelved early in this. Like they just they were just like you can't use this is what led to them creating Harper Row was they wanted to use I think they wanted to use either Stephanie or Cassandra for something. And they told, uh, editorial told Snyder no. So he came up with Harper. Um, actually, given her origin, she was probably supposed to be Stephanie. And they said no. Um, I can see that. And they, they, they told him no. And also on that list of characters you couldn't use was Wally West. For whatever reason, they were just like, no Wally. And I think it was because they, were, they wanted to bring back Barry for whatever reason. And they didn't want to have two Flashes running around, and they didn't want to de-age him and make him Kid Flash, because Bart is Kid Flash now. Yeah. And I think that they have nobody to blame there but themselves, because mm-hmm. when I the first time I saw a panel of Wally and Barry next to each other, I'm like, why the fuck didn't they give Wally a new costume? Yes. Yeah, they're wearing the same costume. And it's like, uh oh, this is confusing because we don't know which Flash is which. And it's like, then maybe you shouldn't have fucking brought back Barry Allen, a character no one missed. Exactly. Like, Barry Allen was so much more important as the guy who sacrificed himself than he was as an actual functioning member of the Justice League. Yeah. Like, he worked better as a martyr. <laughs> exactly. And Wally walking around wearing that costume makes more sense if Barry is dead. Yes. Because he is like, I decided I'm going to take up for my uncle. Because it's not even like it's not even like he's an adoptive family member. Like Barry is Wally's uncle by marriage. Yep. 
Like, that, it's, it's not even like a distant thing. That's his family. Yeah, like that's his Uncle Barry. Like, I don't know, man. I thought we've gotten sidetracked. We have from the terrible book we're supposed to be talking. Yeah. About. All right. Let's get let's get back right. into this. Um, <laughs> so Jason, Jason and Roy have the conversation here for the first time, where again, this has been three weeks. He says, turns out, Jason says, turns out Tamaranians don't see humans as much more than sights and smells, and they have a terribly short attention span about all things Earth. Seriously, when you get a chance, ask her about the gang you used to hang out with. And then Jason goes off to talk with Essence, who sucks. <laughs> oh, I hate her. Talking <laughs> about characters. Scott Liddell's got to see me in, a, in, a, in the street about her. Like oh, We got to have a conversation about this, because what the fuck? Yeah, so... Essence comes up. Also, nobody but Jason can see her. I should add. Also, this is the first time I noticed Jason doesn't have his his streak in his hair here. Yeah, yeah, very off putting. It's very weird because he looks Don't the like most him. like Dick he's ever looked here uh, in this close up shot. Because he doesn't You're like his hair is kind of lighter in the front, but he's he's supposed to have like a big white streak in his hair. Also, side note, remember when Grant Morrison decided that uh, that Jason was a redhead and dyed his hair black? I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, that, that was a... I, it was a neat little wrinkle for Jason's character, but boy, did it make Batman. It made Batman seem like a real fucking dickhead. Like, and he's like, oh, my, my hair... And didn't they say that his hair was graying and thinning because of the hair dye? Like, <laughs> oh my god. That's fucked. Um, so we get, we get the page where, so Essence is like, oh yeah, it's the Untitled. Who gives a fuck about the Untitled? The Untitled are your primary villain of this first arc, and they suck. Nobody cares about the fucking Untitled. At all, like, it should be a warning sign if you have the big supernatural threat, but, I don't know, Constantine doesn't care? Like, Zatanna's not going after them? They don't fucking matter, like... Fuck, this book might have made more sense with fucking Zatanna here. God damn it. Yeah, it very well could have. Um, honestly, the, the Outlaw's name kind of feels like they wanted to play on Batman and the Outsiders. But this being Red Hood and the Outsiders would have also made more sense. Yep, it definitely would have. Because that's who they are. Outsiders for these characters makes way more sense than Outlaws. Hey, I don't know, I... I had heard that they were, uh, I remember hearing rumbles of this even before New 52, that they were trying to get rid of the Outsiders as a team, period. Really? At some point. Yeah, and I don't know, I've never heard a reason why. And, you know, it's, it's the it's fucking internet. Because they said fuck Metamorpho specifically. <laughs> you know? Like, him and, him and Katana, they need to... They said, get these motherfuckers out of here. Steel's kid, you're, you're gone. Uh, <laughs> Black Lightning's kid, hit the bricks. You know? Okay, so we get another terrible Corey page here, where she is bent, she's fully bent over, back arched. Like, ha- like handing Roy a towel, or put like, or Roy is handing her a towel, it's unclear. Um, and Roy is, while definitely staring at her titties, says, you don't remember anyone named Dick? Nope. Garth, Dustin, Vic, can't recall. Lilith, Gar, you are boring me. And then we get the reveal that nobody else can see uh, can see Essence, which again, not important. 
Uh, and then Cardi goes, hey, you want to go fuck? This is not an exaggeration. They, like, she literally says, and we're here. Do you want to have sex with me? No subtlety. No, no, which is another thing that I don't like is that he can't decide if Corey is a very blunt, say things exactly as she sees it person, or if she's quippy and clever like Jason Arroyo. No the also that she does not emote here. Like, I, this is my biggest problem with, with this depiction of Corey. She does not emote until like issue five. Yep. Her two emotions are the two things we see with her in these first two issues. She's either annoyed or horny. And then later, she adds angry to her repertoire. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> she and Jason go off to... Or she and Roy go off to Bone. Because uh, he says, Anything I need to know about making love to a Tamarani? She says, Just that love has nothing to do with it. Um, right. I, my note for this specifically yeah. is, Making Corey's one emotion horny is such fucking Wattpad shit. Fucking FF.net lemon thick bullshit. Yes. It's uh, like I said, it's, she sounds like she's in a fucking hailstorm song. Love has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Who talks like that? Like, and like she's an alien, sure, but that's just not a. The and, problem and is that sense, if she if she hit something like uh oh uh a human cannot possibly understand what love means. What love means to a Tamaranian. Like, the thing is about Corey is, and we talk about this in the Judas Contract episode, Corey is like a deeply emotional person. She's so emotional all the time. She, in those fucking six issues we read, six or seven issues, whatever it was, she cries three times for different reasons. startling to hear y'all, to have heard y'all talk about that. And the whole time, like, yeah, I remember... Like, I forget this character has that potential. Yes, this like, is the thing that she does. Like, she cries when Dick gets brainwashed. She cries when Dick quits being Robin. And she cries again when, um, when Dick, uh, when, when she thinks Dick has sent her a present. And it turns out to be a trap from Deathstroke. But she cries three times for three different reasons for three different emotional responses. She cries. Just a, she cries because. She just yeah, she she just wants to fuck, which I have no problem with. There being a character, a female character, who's just like, no, I just want to fuck. I no, I think that as a note for a character rules, uh, but <laughs> that that character can't be Starfire. And only that, I feel like you know this is coming from possibly one of the most existent stages, but there has to be more emotion than that. Nobody's one emotion is horny. Nobody. Nobody, nobody is just horny all the time and nothing else. Like, that's not how people are built. Like, I don't... I don't know. This is yeah. a very confusing yeah. book. Yeah. So we um, get yeah. two little things that are, will come up later here. We see somebody has posted a picture of Corey on the internet and we see this dude with a two haircut all the way around. Um <laughs> <laughs> Say a Tamaranian on Earth at last, uh, and then we see uh, Corey and Roy in bed together, just laying there. Jason just <laughs> Jason walks in and kind of looks at him and grabs his helmet. Like again, I think that's pretty funny. 
<laughs> he yeah. walks in and just kind of looks over. He's like, ah, okay. And he also completely no sells it. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, he doesn't. He's like, he's, like, he's just like, okay. Yeah, sure. All right. Um, they've completely fucked this room up. There's like a Corey apparently uses her powers when she comes. I don't know. Um, because okay. So look, I'm very glad you said that because the note I had was. Did she use her powers on him, or is she just hot? I because they make a couple of jokes, and it's never explicitly stated. Like, is she just that hot that she's hot to the touch, or was she like zapping this man while they had? Some- I, I think that she just like she just gets hot because the headboard is burned, and Roy has a has a burn mark on his on his chest, like in the shape of her and, handprint. And he even says at one point that it's like sunburn. Yes. Like, holy shit. Like, what? I had to put on SDF to lay down? So Jason, again, 12 hours later, shows up at the well of the Allcast, which I want to talk about the Allcast for a second. Uh, basically, he finds out that they're all fucking dead and zombies. But the Allcast as a concept, I think is kind of cool. I think the idea of giving Jason some extra training that isn't tied to Batman or the league explicitly is pretty cool. Yes, I do agree there. Um, as a concept, I don't quite... I think it fails, but I think it's cool on its face. So the idea that the all-cast were all trained to kill the untitled, even though they've had a... I think they say centuries-long, like ceasefire is very kind of odd to me Mm -hmm. like so y'all are just trained in the hurry up and wait i don't (laughs) get it (laughs) they're me playing civilization (laughs) just training just a a half dozen tanks just watching that turn counter tick down it's kind of like a this is a weird reference but i've been i've been stuck playing one of those mafia games constantly uh chill out on facebook Mm -hmm. uh but it's like that where you like you train up and get all these troops, and, but once you get to a certain level, nobody fucking tra- right. You saw, like, yeah, they all cast that whole storyline to me is, um, like Bad. you said, I do like the idea that he gets some more training and kind of maturation. He gets a thing like, that's unique to him. I think is the 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 yeah. part that really yeah. matters here. Like again, not to. Do, this is not the Tim Drake episode, but t- I my favorite thing about Tim being the first one that they decide, all right, this dude likes dudes. It's now a note they can't give to Jason. Yeah. It's so now a note they can't give to, to Dick without also giving it to Tim. Like it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like when you think about it and you look at the there's always been more Robins, but the four core Robins, all of them except, I think, Dick, before the New 52, they all had League of Assassins. Tim was briefly the leader of the League of Assassins. Yeah, exactly. And then like, Rachel Ghoul threw him out of a window. <laughs> which is a good way to do that. Like, all right, detective, see you around. He's like, hey, good, he says, good job, detective, and fucking kicks him in the chest. <laughs> so, so, like you said, I do like that idea that it's him getting some training that's different. Yeah. And as a, a different flair to him. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. But I just the, the whole concept of the all casting so ugh. It's so, just, maybe it's because it's so poorly executed. Like maybe if somebody else had tackled this, I would have more. Yeah. Uh God, I'm just thinking like, man, wish Grant Morrison wrote this. Yes. because uh, they would have killed it. Uh uh so we, we flash back to a year and a half prior to when Jason, when Talia takes Jason to the League of Assassins, or not to, to League of Assassins, to uh, the All-Cast. Uh, he's like, wild disrespectful to the old lady who becomes his teacher. Um, y- y- this is actually where I noticed that Jason's streak is gone, which feels like an unnecessary change because it's the visual thing where you yeah, mark like him a- as different yeah. than his brother's. Yeah, I, I hate when people draw, like, it'll have, like, Tim, Jason, and Dick, and the only way you can tell them apart is right. that Dick's hair is a centimeter longer, and Jason's slightly taller than Tim. I hate that. Right. Like, they should, so, the way that I see them, Dick should have, like, slightly, Dick should be darker skinned than the other two, because mm. he's Romani, uh... He should be more slender, too. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing. He should also be, a, like, a more slender build. Jason should have the streak and honestly be a little paler. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Tim should look the most like some... Tim should just look like some dude, kind of. <laughs> just a Tim, Tim should just be a guy. Which, <laughs> Like, Tim should be built like a soccer player. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. I, Tim, I like that. Uh, like that should be how you tell them apart is Tim is a little shorter, but he's got, he's got a lot of tone on him. Dick is taller than him, but has, he's got darker skin. Uh, and he's, he's slim, but you can tell he's athletic and Jason should look like he just woke up. Yeah. I like that. That fits. (laughs) That's a good description. Uh, so yeah, the, the old lady trains Jason. I won't bore everybody with the, the specifics, but then we get flashback to Jason and Roy on the plane here. Uh, this I, My note here is, why is why is Jason Dreis like Bruce? Uh, this flight attendant looks like Power Girl and wants to fuck Jason. Yep. Like, it is weird how much, like, she looks like Power Girl. It's fucked up. Um, one note that I had before we move past it is, have you noticed that despite the fact that uh uh I think her name is Dukra, the old sensei lady? Yeah. Despite the fact she's supposed to be millenniums old, she just kind of talks like a regular modern person. Yep. She kept up with the times. They they get TV down in the well. And later on, and I think the issue after this, they see this uh spirit that's taking the form of like that's supposed to be like guarding something special. And mm-hmm. he does too. He just kind of Talk yeah. very quickly and modern, and it makes no sense to me. Yeah, uh, the like all I can imagine is that Talia was keeping them up to speed on shit. You know, she would come visit and drop off some magazines. Gave him a fire stick. Uh, here, here. <laughs> <laughs> you think that you think the League of Assassins was like a dedicated guy who jailbreaks shit? You know, um, all cast down there trying to get a <laughs> trying to get the wire season three. <laughs> Jason comes down there. He does the whistle, <laughs> you know. Um. So they uh. They land in Hong Kong. 
My note here is, why is Cory dressed like Sea Viper? Because <laughs> she is! She looks like fucking Sea Viper here! Oh, Jesus. She's got God, the shades. Oh, her hair is... <laughs> her hair is even parted the same way. Like, they just drew Sea Viper and colored it like Cory. Oh, don't get me started on her hair. I hate her hair. Like, it's... In my opinion... Maybe it's because her first uh, exposure to me was the Titan Teen Titans of the eighties. But like Corey having hair, Corey having straightened hair is a crime. And what I also hate about it is they don't like. Uh, I don't know if you. I know you have. I don't know if the audience has played Injustice too, where she's a DLC character. Mm-hmm. They they incorporate her hair into her powers, which yes. they do sometimes hair here, but it doesn't look good. Yes. It looks very bad. Like, her hair should be a fireball. Literally. Yes. But here she is, dressed like she's going to the fucking BET Awards. <laughs> oh, I need that panel. She, I need that panel now. Jason's in like a turtleneck with a thin chain. Cory <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks like she's got to present fucking best female rap artist of the year. You know? Oh, that's great. Yeah, my brain created the mental picture of, like, Corey being a barb, and I want to kill myself. Oh. We're introduced to Susie Sue, an enemy of Jason's in Hong Kong. Uh, She's just here so they can make fat jokes. Yeah, pretty much. She's just so that they can make fat jokes. However... Jason does get a good, a really good line here. That's the problem is like Jason always gets really good, like one really good line in there. So he says, I don't even need to turn around and know that's you, Susie Sue. The unique scent of that undercarriage just wafts through the night air. Yes. I, 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 that kind of gives the fall out of me. <laughs> he said, you stink. The, the fact that he, I love specific jokes. Like the fact that he specifically went undercarriage. Yeah. Uh, she she tracks him to like one of his safe houses. He shoots her and her guards, uh, takes his stuff and leaves. Um, and so I assumed, oh wow, that'll be the last time we see this character. It's not. Should be. It should have been. Probably should be. It did. It is not. Um, you know. Jason and Jason and Roy uh, get to the or the, all three of them are there. They get uh like a helicopter airlift to the mountain where the well is. Jason has these very stupid blade wings. Yes, the wings. So, one beef I have, I forget who who draws this. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Kenneth Rockefeller. Yes. He makes everybody's costumes look like real-life power. And not in the fun way. Yeah. It, like, it looks like re- like Jason just slapped the Red Hood symbol on his chest and it just like unfolds in armor. Which yes. another fucking thing about this costume. I hate that he's wearing a big red bat. It's okay, so the reveal later, we're gonna kinda go out of order here, because we've been talking for an hour, and we'll, if we try to go in order here, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll be here yeah, all fucking I, I, Yeah, fair uh, enough. Um we, we it's revealed later that this is a costume that Dick left with Corey. Which my question then goes, when? When the like, fuck? 
would he would he have worn this? And what's crazy, I remember I didn't catch this when I first read it as it was coming out. I didn't notice until this reread, I guess because I had it digitally. Because I always thought it was a bird on his chest. Nope, it's a it's a bat. It's a big it's a bat. red bat. So when was Dick just Batman Beyond? When did that happen? Right. It, the, the implication is this is Dick's suit from when he was Batman. And for some reason, he decided to put a big red bat on it. Like, I also love that she just has some of Dick's clothes. Yeah. Because then she has a disco wing suit. She does. Which I will say, they update the disco wing suit in this book, and I think it's a really good update. Yeah, it looks good. Fucking, it it looks, I think it looks great. Because um, they kind of blend it and the one with the, the big gold V on it together. Mm-hmm. The costume, it's, it's kind of, I thought about this uh, when y'all talked about the uh, juice one. It's a shame that as they keep doing Nightwing outfits, that they just don't embrace them. Just put the gold back on the suit. Just put it, just, it should be black, blue, and gold. I don't know, that's a, it's a weird artist choice, but you know? Yeah. Just kind of have to go with what they've been doing for 30 years, I guess. Yeah, just give, just give it, like, a gold accent. <laughs> yeah, like, on the gauntlets or something, you know? Yeah. Um, so, they fight the reanimated corpses of the all-cast. Uh, Jason puts his guns down and fights them hand-to-hand. Uh, or does he use the swords here? Oh, yeah, he's using, like, these fucking serrated knives or whatever. Um... It's kind of, I think that as a touch for, like, I think this, this book does a lot for how, uh, how Labdell sees Jason. And I do, the way that he writes Jason does kind of grow on me. And I think that's just because he's the one who's written Jason for the longest. And it's just, I just accept this is his, this is it. So I'll say this, does it grow on you or do you just get comfortable? I think I just get comfortable. You know what I mean? I think there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Where you just, you, you kind of get into the root. It's kind of like a song that you don't like, but you hear it enough that yeah. you still know. Yeah, it plays at work, so you, you know? just, you've gotten used to it. Yeah, exactly. It's, oh my god, it's Scott not- Lobdell's Jason is the Beatles to me. Yep. Ooh, I was about to say it's my party in the U.S. It's your what? Beatles said even better. Uh, party in the U.S. <laughs> I know every word that song and I hate every moment of it. Yeah, this is Scott Lobdell's Jason Todd is fucking day tripper to me. Where I was just like, yeah, whatever, the Beatles. And I was just now I'm just it's a day tripper. Uh-huh. Uh so issue three. Basically they give this little dude their most cherished memories. This guy who guards the all casts shit. Um he gives, and so he's like, just bored. He's like, eh, man, might as well look at their most cherished memories. Uh, Starfire's favorite memory here is of just beating the shit out of some guy for, like, on the, when she was a slave on Tamaran. Yeah. Uh, what I hate about that is that when they go back to Tamaran, they show her having a memory with Blackfire that should have been that. That should have been her. That should have been her most cherished memory. Yeah, but it kind of makes the sociopath a little bit, doesn't it? Yes, her most cherished memory is not of like anything with her sister. It is 
she falls down in the mud and one of the aliens, the, the blight, I think that we find out they're called later. Um, and he, she falls down in the mud and he picks her up and he's like, I am sorry on behalf of all my people. You should be running free young princess. And then she says, thank you for your kindness soldier. Might I petition a boon from you? And then she said, he says, of course, if it was within my power, and she says, drop dead, you sanctimonious puss, and just kills him. And so, and I might be wrong about this, but just to show how convoluted this book is, that's actually not the Blight. That's a different alien race that the Tamarind that they had to do a truce with, and then the Blight attacks later. Oh my god. I, oh my a god. Whole, a whole other alien race for no fucking reason. Uh, yeah, like, it's them getting into the chamber, but the real meat and potatoes of this issue is, um... Like they've been fighting some traps, who cares, uh, is about their favorite memories. And I actually, again, I like Roy's favorite memory here, uh, which is about after, I guess it's after Ollie would have fired him. And he's fighting Killer Croc on a rooftop in New York. And Killer Croc is beating the shit out of him. Because, you know, Killer Croc, guy who shoots arrows. Yeah, not hard to figure who's gonna uh, who's gonna win that hand to hand. Yeah, and Killer Croc is like, "Motherfucker, are you using me to try and kill yourself?" And he's like, "Look, I get it. Your life fucking sucks. I would love to snap you in two and throw you on the sidewalk, but I'm not gonna do it for you. You want to kill yourself? Leave me out of it." Yeah, you know, I think they call it suicide by a croc. I think is what they call it, isn't it? Yeah, and he says death by croc. There, yeah, that's my problem. And I, that's it's a really good. I do like that they they balance showing uh, Roy's addiction as an important part of him. They don't make it his full identity, right? Which yeah. I like. Um, I also I don't know. Maybe it's because it's, it's just it's different. But it's I don't what? know how to. I don't know if it's just because I've been comfortable with the idea for so many years, but I don't know how I feel about them changing it from a drug addiction to, to a drinking addiction. To drinking? I think drinking is a little more palatable than Roy Harper, heroin addict. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Because, um, I mean, oof. And I think they more are... people, I think it's easier to write because I think more people know somebody who is an alcoholic than people who know someone who is has an addiction to hard drugs. Well, to show you how America changes, that probably was true in 2011. Don't know about 2021. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody knows somebody who's had a fentanyl run in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but enough. yeah, that's a, it's a really good moment for Roy, and I think um, I think I do like the fact that Killer Croc just becomes his sponsor. Yeah, he's like, like <laughs> fucking stop that. Oh, he does! It just clicked in my head. Yeah, later he's talking about his sponsor, Waylon. Yeah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> fucking killer rock. Um, so, Starfire saves them from this big fucking monster. They find a clue that tells them they gotta go to Colorado. And we get our one good joke for this issue, which is uh, Corey, who looks... Uh, I hate, I hate. The, Manny said, wow, she's fully just brazzered out at all times in this, huh? Uh... 
because it's it is like they draw her chest first and draw everything else later. Yeah. Yep. Um, but Corey says after she gets swallowed up by this thing and she fights her way out of it, she says those were un- those were unaco- uh, unacceptable accommodations for a princess. Let us away. And as she carries them out of there, Roy goes, not too emasculating, huh? And Jason goes, you know what really is emasculating? Getting killed. Yeah, and Roy's pout there is really good. <laughs> yeah, it's he's just really like really movie. upset about it. <laughs> a really good little panel there. Yeah, um, so uh, they get back. The little dude gives Corey and Roy their memories back. Uh, and Jason's like, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. I don't care. I don't, I don't Which care. Which I hate. Yeah, oh, I don't care my about my most cherished memory. It's your most cherished memory. And the memory, as we see it, is of a time where Jason got sick with the flu and didn't want to go. Or And Bruce tells him, stay home. Goes on patrol without him. And then comes back and just takes care of Jason. Just spends time with Jason. Jason's most cherished memory is of Bruce being fatherly to him. And, and I hate this. Mm, I hate like, this for a couple of reasons. Go ahead. One, Scott Liddell has done something that I didn't think was possible, which is in two pages, he writes Alfred Pennyworth like a dick. Yes. Because uh, Jason says to him, he, which Jason's like a teenager. He's like, he's 13 like 16 years old. I don't think he's that old yet. Jason, like, I think, well, Jason, I think, is supposed to become Robin when he's 15 here. Because okay. we yeah. were talking about his age in this book, he I'm saying Jason is at oldest 20 to 21 in this title. So I'd say he's maybe 15 or 16 years old here. And he goes, he throws Alfred, he's like, you know, I'm not a baby, I'm gonna need you to take care of And Alfred goes, well, I sure hope you would act like it. He, like, says, he says, I wish you would, Master Jason. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then what I hate about it even more is that the reason that moment is so powerful is it's not just Jason having a good memory of Bruce. It's Bruce learning to be a father. Because yes. as we were talking about with the timeline shift, like by the time Jason becomes Robin, Bruce is still pretty fucking young. Bruce is maybe in his mid-30s here. Like I think and, you know, at, I, at, to the point we're at now, Bruce is maybe 40. If that, I think he's supposed to be even younger than that, frankly. Mm-hmm. But well, like some artists draw him with a little like light graying at the temples. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, like Alfred actually tells him, like, hey, like you need to this is a moment where maybe going up there and punching poor people ain't what you need to do. And it's a really great moment, and Jason's just like, keep it. Keep it. I don't I don't care. Which is to dial drive home that he doesn't he wants really badly for everyone to think he doesn't care about Bruce Wayne. Yes. But we... It's so painful to watch. What everyone knows he does. Uh, so yeah, the reason I say Jason's maybe 21 here, but also probably using a fake ID, is because they are in a bar at the opening of the next issue. Uh, yeah, and, he's a I remember, he can, he can, if he can't make a fake ID, I don't know. Yeah, he's gotta have a fake ID guy. Um... You know. Oh wait, this is the uh, bar in the um, the uh, small town cop. Yes, the small town cop. Which I have a I have a note for this. Um, please, please indulge us. 
so uh, it's more about when they get to the cop. Uh, so I'll get to that in a sec. There, this is where we get the line where where uh, Roy says his sponsor Waylon, which didn't click in my head that he meant Croc. Uh, Jason gets in a fight in the bar, just whoops these dudes' asses. Because uh, the dude is mad that Jason is talking to his girlfriend, and Jason gets up and just kicks his ass. <laughs> and then they they get arrested. Um, Starfire is supposed to be flying under the radar here, uh, except, and this is important, she lives leaves a giant trail of fire in the sky wherever she goes. Just doing fucking donuts and loopy loops in the sky. Like that's this is supposed to be subtle. Like I I get that they're in a world where superheroes exist, so maybe that shit's not as shocking as it would be to you or I. But I still think that gets some attention. I mean, superheroes are as common as helicopters. You still notice when the helicopter is out. Good point. Very good analogy. And even and even crazier, it's I believe it's nighttime. Isn't it? like, yes, it's the dead of night. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Starfire gets jumped by Crux, who is just this big fucking monster dude. Hey, we did man that, but shitty. Um, Crux is basically, Crux is revealed later to be that dude with the Kevin Durant fade, uh, from before, who was what, who saw the picture of her on the internet and was like, hmm, a Tamaranian. Uh, he... What's his, what's his stupid ass backstory? Something's oh I wrote something something alien DNA. Uh, it's not it's truly not important. It's, no, it's, I'll, I'll I'll go into it because it's really fucking. So yeah, his parents are two I think geneticists mm-hmm. of like huge acclaim. And one night randomly they're and a Tamaranian ship crash lands. I don't know if they say if it's Starfires or not, but it crash lands and kills both his present his parents. So he takes their research and starts like fusing alien DNA into himself to turn into a fucking kaiju to try to kill Starfire because he's mad that a Tamaranian shit killed his parents. Stupid shit, man. It's very dumb. It's incredibly fucking dumb. Um, So meanwhile, Jason and Roy are being, well, Jason is talking to the cop and this is where I wrote the, uh, I wrote the note down. Uh, This, Jason is cuffing a cop this looks like porn. I wish I had the, uh, you may have the panel. The way she's looking back. Yes, she's pressed up against the wall, looking back at Jason, who is pointing a gun at her and handcuffing her. Like, all right, Abella Dejan, let's bring it back down. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck's sake. Let's go, Braves. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and then she... So they're talking about the Untitled again. And then she reveals, oh, she's an Untitled. And now it looks like porn again because she's pressed up against Jason stabbing him in the back. Yeah, oh, and the... I, uh, the... I was not on him on a PM, but the... Uh... The sound he makes when he gets stabbed, so bizarre. Because that, uh, that is slightly sexual. It's like, oh, like no, 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 no. You're being stabbed, son. Yeah, like and like the old. way that the cop, untitled, whatever the fuck, the way she talks to him, she says, "You're one of Dukra's pets." 
it's to your credit and smell her on you back at the bar. Uh, it's just like, no need to struggle, pup. Once I've eaten your liver, I'll know everything Whoa. you know. Hold still. Pup. This will only hurt a lot. She calls him pup. She calls him pup. Why is this book so horny? <laughs> then, J- then Roy shoots her in the, in the back of the head with like, let's count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Which arrows. It's weird to think about, but like, there's not nearly as much trick arrow shit as I expected when I saw that Arsenal was going to be. First of all, just to slightly backtrack here, um, fucking hate that he's still going by Arsenal when all he literally does is. Yeah, uh, he oh, should just be oh. Red Arrow. Exactly. The whole point of being Arsenal is that he can do other stuff too. Young Justice's version of Arsenal is better because he has a fucking fucking robot arm. You know, do something. Some shurikens, something, buddy. Nope, just arrows. Just just still still arrows. But yeah, I I expected more trick arrows, but the ones they do use are I'll give them that. Like, but it's still just it's it seems weird. He seems like he that he rarely does anything. In, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which you know maybe if they had him going up against you know humans instead of aliens and monsters, but it's I, I, like he's that point home. He gets he'll get an exploding arrow and then a copper arrow with three heads, but it's all just like a normal arrow. Uh, this issue and or then Corey falls into this trap with Crux. That that takes her powers away, and it's this is another beef I have with this book. Every time I think they're going to do something interesting, they they blow it off immediately. Yep. Because I thought the idea of Corey trying to adapt to not having her powers for a few issues would be really cool. She gets her powers back in the issue immediately following this one. It, it, wait, is it not the same issue? No, she gets she loses her powers in issue five. Roy oh, saves yes, or in issue right. four. Roy saves her. Yep. She fucking emotes for the first time. That's right. Yep, I read them back to back. So I'm like, is it not the same fight where she just gets her powers? <laughs> yeah, she gets her powers back as a like, haha, Crux got one over on you. But this is where that line is when you talk about where Roy compares touching Corey to like getting sunburned. And, and I hate Crux because it. So I expect them to do a thing where they kind of touch on like the xenophobia and stuff that Starfire faces as an alien, mm-hmm. uh, especially because this was written in 2011. Yep. I, so I kind of expect that, and they just don't. The they only don't. reason Crux is doing it is so they can so they can steal his fucking ship. Yeah, so they can steal the ship later. Yes, so they can explain how they get the ship. Um. <laughs> It's but yeah, so Corey perfect. emotes for the first fucking time here after Roy saves her uh, from Crux with a... He uses, like, an electric arrow. Because uh, they notice that, like... They notice her power signature, and so they're like, shit. J- Jason's like, hey, I'll deal with this. You go help Corey. Um, and so... Roy saves her, and Corey cries because he's so nice to her. This is the first time that she has that she has emoted on page. Remember, this is a monthly comic. This book comes out yep. once a month. That's this, almost a half a year, buddy. Yeah, and this is the first time she has done anything but be horny or angry or snarky. 
Um, I just remember reading this in real time was just, and you know what the worst part is? Hmm. It's my fault. It's my own fucking. Because I, I think if you're to hear this in 2021, people won't believe it. But back then, Jason Todd was not super popular. Yeah, Jason so, has only really recently gotten, I'd say last three or four years, he's really jumped in, pers- in popularity. But when I first got into comics, which was around when this was coming out, 2011, 2012, Jason was, he was just the Robin who died. Yeah. And it's, it, I defended so much of this book knowing it was shit just because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't abide. But my God, it deserved it. It deserved every piece of slander. Yep. Uh, so Roy, we, I wish I liked this moment with, with Roy and Corey. But they don't give you enough time with it to actually like it. Yep. Uh, so Corey says, you're very kind. And he's like, yeah, you'll ruin my res- my reputation. And he says, you've been hurt, Corey. Well, not just you, me, Jason, but we found each other. We're going to be fine. And Corey, crying, says, That's, that isn't the most ridiculous promise you have, you've ever made me. This, Roy and Corey's relationship should be interesting yes and that line in particular where i thought that was going is i thought we were going to get a reveal that corey's been faking the all the all humans look alike to her thing yeah because it seems like such a loaded little way she says it that it's mm-hmm. like they haven't been together long enough for him to be making these brand new promises they, they've known each other a month at shit. this point exactly so like is she representing some teen titans shit like that's where I thought that was going, and of course that's not. That's too interesting. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's too. It's too interesting. We got to get back to the untitled. Such a bad name. Yeah, okay. So it being the untitled, it feels like they could not come up with a name. Right. You know how how when songs are titled untitled, because they couldn't come up with a fucking name for it. Yeah, which you know. Or they're D'Angelo. I will say huge sidetrack. What annoys me the most about that is that every song that's ever been named, like, the thing that people call it the most would be the best song title. Uh, untitled like, by D'Angelo, the parentheses, is the, should just be the title. The song should just be called How Does It Feel? You know, the, listen, we'll save that for the, uh, we'll save that for the, uh, the music podcast. <laughs> um, but, yeah, then fucking Crux comes back and Oh yeah, also Crux hates aliens, uh, we should add. Crux hates just aliens generally, and he he grabs Roy and starts whooping his ass, and he's like, you want to lie down with this alien dog? Then die like one! Which also, so listen, I, I don't want to be this guy. I really don't want to, but it's stuck in my head, so I have to put the, 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 the bug in your brain too. But I hate when media tries to use a like racism or xenophobia uh, analogy, and the bigot is a person of color. Yes. So Crux, you don't see him a lot in his human form. Crux is black, and like, and he's saying this to a Navajo man. Which also another thing, I hate that they do that. I think there's maybe two references to oh, Roy that they Native never American. talk about the fact that Roy's Native American. Like, and it's it's not even like he's not like oh. Guess what? My mom was Cherokee. No, no. Like before, he lived with Ollie. He lived on the fucking red, bro. Like, like 
Like he's he's like fucking Warpath. Like yeah, like, I, I just he's like Warpath or Danny Moonstar or Thunderbird. You know, fuck. I wish we were just talking about Warpath. Yes. Fuck. Sign me up for that fucking podcast fuck. or Danny Moonstar. Honestly, man. Yeah, all right, New Mutants. We'll do it. You know, you tell me that there's a Native American battle. All the fucking two two first, like. But yeah, I think I, I hate that trope in media, where the bigot has to be a person of color, and <laughs> I don't know what's trying to be achieved by that. I mean, maybe I do. I think I'm trying to achieve that, but it's just it's so it's so safe. Like, yeah. Um, but I was gonna say before, Roy and Corey's relationship should be really interesting. Like, it, but we never see it develop in this way where like. We see them sleep together once. Then here, he's like holding her. And then later, I think she calls Roy her boyfriend. Yeah, uh, her consort is the exact word. Consort, yeah. <laughs> Which, yep. you know what? Good for him. Uh, they beat Crux with some... some. Oh, he detonates... Roy detonates all his arrows. And they throw Crux into the ice and... Because they're also in, they're in Colorado. I don't know if I mentioned that they're in Colorado. Uh, they they blow him up. Uh, he freezes, and then Jason the sun comes up as Jason is stabbing this untitled in the chest, and the untitled turns back to being human or to looking human. As Jason, this I legitimately actually really enjoy. Yeah, Jason's just sitting there on top of the sheriff. <laughs> Having just stabbed her in the chest, and he's like, "I'm not even going to try to explain this." <laughs> like, oh well, y'all have a good one. He runs uh, through like Tony Schiavone at the end of an episode of Nitro. We gotta go. We're out of time. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's so good. Oh my god. <laughs> But yeah, the long the long and short of it is Corey gets her powers back, they beat Crux, uh, cause Corey went through some experiments that like uh, okay, so th- this is the this is the biggest Deus Ex Machina, and not even in like a fun way, it's just like, oh, uh, fuck, alright, I guess, whatever. He's like, hey, didn't you take your uh he's like, hey, what the fuck? You got zapped and lost your powers. He's like, I did. But if I if it's anybody else uh, it would have worked. But because I was a slave for 10 years, th- uh, they did experiments on it on me that just altered my physiology. So it didn't, it wasn't permanent. Which also, is such a fucking cop out. Fucking Corey trying to be human and learning how to f- handle herself as a person now with not having superpowers, but also wanting to still help Jason and Roy again should have been is something that could have been interesting but they don't do anything with it and resolve it an issue later and what, what gets me is why plant that seed she's already an alien she already is for the book she's in super overpowered why does she need to be an extra special alien like Remember when Storm lost her powers because because of that gun that Forge made in the eighties? 
Remember how Storm doesn't have her powers for years after that? Yep. Yep. And then eventually gets them back, but doesn't have them for years and has to learn to fight without them. And it has to be interesting without them. But you know, I'll tell you this. I I have a theory that after House of M, I think that comic creators are very terrified of depowering. Yeah, uh, just just not. We we can't take these people's powers away because we did that already. Because that that was such a like I remember that's that was really when I started paying attention to comics kind of seriously. Mm-hmm. And like the possibility of like, oh, you know all these excellent. You probably know fifty excellent off the top of your head. Maybe twenty of them still have powers. Right, and then they kept finding ways to slowly get the they depowered back. Jubilee, <laughs> and then gave her power back because she became a vampire. <laughs> okay, vampire Jubilee rules. She does, but I just think it was weird that she got her powers back too. Yeah, like vampirism cured her energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, she gets her powers back. Uh, it's it's a lot. Um, yeah, I think after that, I think comic creators are honestly just a, like depowering characters for too long. Yeah, I, think I mean, you could do you, you could do six issues. Yep, do an arc where she doesn't have her powers, and then have her get them back, and that or her powers have evolved now. Because I don't think she ever does the fucking eye laser thing here. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, she's just hands. Uh, so issue six is how Jason and Corey met. Jason fights some dudes underwater, uh, washes up on the shore, and Corey rescues him. Uh, and so she, this is, again, I, I feel like this should be interesting. This is that thing we were talking about where she's like talking about Dick and how she kind of remembers him. Yeah. And but once again, it's just it's nothing it seems it kinda of makes me feel like they committed to that bit so early and then tried to retcon it. Tried to walk it back, not but it was like, like nope, that's yeah. stuck. You know? You're not even ten issues in and you're trying to like repair stuff? Come on, yeah. man. That's not you know that's not gonna work. Uh this is where we get that re uh that that take two on the disco wing costume. I think this costume is great. Yeah, I agree, man. It it, it looks good. Like it sucks. To we only get two panels of it. You get you get the flashback of him wearing it, and, and then we see it Corey kind of holding it. Later. Yeah, yeah. And so we just get but, Jason and Dick. It's his flashback. Uh, Jason's having a dream about it, and. Uh, Jason and Dick are talking, and Dick's like, you just gotta be patient, man, you know, trying to impart Big Brother wisdom on him. And he's like, I don't need you, I don't need you to tell me how to do this, because you left me to fill your shoes, and Batman picked me, Batman picked me, not you. And he's like, fuck it. Dick's like, fucking relax. Exactly. Which, once again, I hate because they just go, they just default to making Jason just the angry Robin. Like, I fucking hate it. Like, and you know what I think would have made that better is that they have one panel of him, like, of um, Tim, of Jason, like, swinging away, and then Nightwing goes after him and basically says, listen, you little shit, 
Like, I'm trying to help you. Like, I, this shit is I'm not easy. This shit is fucking exactly. mentally and emotionally taxing, and I've been doing it for a few years. So I think I'm uniquely equipped to help you with this. And what another thing that really burns me up is that when a lot of people write Jason with reference to how he talks to Dick specifically, I hate that they overlook the fact that Jason died in both post-crisis and New 52 continuity. He dies because he gets sloppy. Yes. And he never, even if he realizes it to himself, he never like Admits appreciates that. the fact that, oh, Dick tried to keep me straight and I didn't I didn't, right. I didn't listen to you. I didn't take your advice. I thought I was I thought I didn't need your help. And that and got me killed. Right. You know I got I mean? beaten to death because my mom set me up. Which I feel like that's the part that always goes unstated is that Jason finds his mom and then she's working for the Joker and the Joker murders him. Yes. So I do like that in the new fifty two I think this is a I didn't go over this in annual? No, the zero issue. Zero issue, um, yeah. I do like that it's implied that Joker has her like up and it's mm-hmm. kind of controlling her. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense than That makes a lot more sense than her just selling her son out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um But and... yeah, I wish that we'd gotten more of that young uh young Jason and Disco Wing interaction as opposed to just that little snippet we got. Yeah. Um, Dick's clothes are just here. <laughs> Dick, yeah. Like She's like, oh yeah, there's some, some male clothing here. And it's three different Dick suits. It's the Disco Wing costume. It is what looks like his his first New 52 costume. The, the Higgins and Barrows costume. And... The this fucking what becomes the uh, the Red Hood costume, and you know another thing that that just a very small, not even a continuity thing, but just a very small thing that Earth is that I understand that she has them for sentimental reasons, but there is no logical reason that Corey should have any of these. Yeah. She should because have the, no. Like, the blue one would make sense if she had the uh, the disco wing costume. That makes sense if we're if we're extrapolating it back to the other stuff because they were together when he wore that costume. True, but I don't see a scenario where he would just leave a suit there. Because yes. remember, this is supposedly the island she crashed. So it's right. not like this is her apartment in Gotham, and he's like coming in there switching clothes and then going on patrol. This is an island in the middle of nowhere. Yes, this is in the wreckage of her spaceship on an island in the middle of nowhere. Out there for a disappointment, wearing his super his superhero. <laughs> yeah, is it a cake? Like, does she need that? I don't get why she has three of them. What? Like, you just imagine Dick in the back, like two a.m. <laughs> just like so you up. fucking Batman Beyond outfit. <laughs> God. He just texts her outside, and the bat was. <laughs> he said, "My Uber's here." You know? Left the suit three times. Yeah. Uh, Jason's Crazy. like Jason is pretty reasonably pissed off about it. He's like, "What the yeah. fuck? Why do you want me to dress? Basically, why do you want me to dress like my fucking brother? What's your problem?" Especially considering, like, 
and this is another thing that's kind of weird to me, is I feel like the way they write it, they kind of it, it kind of implies that Jason doesn't immediately recognize her, but he should, right? Yes. I feel like an orange alien that's fighting crime, which is you would remember if your you remember if your older brother dated this girl. Yeah, like you know, I, that's that always that felt a little weird to me. Um. Also, there's a Robin suit here too. I should add, there are multiple Robin suits here. Oh yeah, there is in there. Yes, <laughs> I'm looking at the page right now. There are there's like two Robin suits laying in laying in the chair. And then there's like one laying in like a basket. There's like there are at least two utility belts, a cape. Like what the hell? You know what? The more I think about it, I wonder if she just raided his room at Titans. Yeah, he just took all the shit. You know? Um, He's like, oh man, my my ACDC tape. I wanted that. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, this human, I have memories of him. Happy memories. We spent day and night together. When I first arrived on this planet, uh, and she's like smell, she's like she's like smelling the clothes here, um, and also Roy being Arsenal in these flashbacks is fucking stupid. Yes, he there. should be red. He should be Speedy or Red Arrow there. Yeah, I don't. It's I don't. Well, you know, I've also had the theory as a a Green Arrow super fan. I think they just hate. The mantle of speed. They just yeah, they're like it's a dumb code name. Yeah, I think they've been trying to distance themselves from that. They're like because speedy ma- uh, because speedy makes more sense as a code name for a flash sidekick than yeah. And even like when me and Deirdre is speedy, they don't call her like she's speedy. Her code name is speedy, but they don't explicitly call her speedy on very often. They call her Mia so most think, of the time. Yeah, so I think they just I think they just hate the name speedy. So like it doesn't make any sense for her for anybody to be a red arrow character or a green arrow character called speedy uh but yeah this is where that line comes up where Corey says his name escapes me i'll remember him when i see him again but i do not define myself by the men i have known or by their clothes and neither should you which Uh, what come on now you couldn't you couldn't think that was a bar you couldn't you can't believe you can't make me that he put that into his word processor and sent it off and editor was like, "Yeah, it's a good line." You know what I mean? Uh, like you can't, you can't even believe that. Yeah. And so Jason goes to Corey in the middle of the night. She's like standing in the ocean, staring at the moon. Uh, like a census fail song. <laughs> <laughs> she says, "He says, hey, life like we got huh? Life is not a waiting room. Life, life is not a waiting room. Uh, <laughs> you are the ocean. You are the moon." Uh, she so he says, "Hey, there's something you should know." And then she kisses him, which she says, "It is one of the ways my people assimilate knowledge, uh, language, knowledge. This is not how that power works." And if it does, since she has kissed him, and she should know knowledge, all these things. She should immediately remember Dick Grayson. It's one of maybe five people they know in common. <laughs> I, I, sure. I should add, this is a good point for, for me to say this, because I was thinking about it earlier. Um, Jason being kind of defined by Dick is weird. And it's weird for a number of reasons, because if you want to have Jason have baggage with one of his brothers, 
it's Tim. Yes. But I will say that the one honestly my favorite scene in this entire run Oh, is when is they have the when they have breakfast? Yes. Yeah. So um it's a couple issues we'll, after this. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get to that. Yeah. yeah. Um so just because Jason before he's not angry so much as he is resentful. And that's kind of the thing is he I feel like Jason reacts the way in terms of his emotions, the way that anybody would react if they had been murdered and their father figure had seemingly replaced them with a new son. Yes. Jason, you know, Jason resents two people or three. Here's the things Jason resents. One, Bruce Wayne for not avenging him. Tim Drake for not replacing him. And the Teen Titans as an institution for not bothering to remember him. But I, I, I absolutely love, because of the righteous, I love how Jason Todd is like, fuck the Teen Titans as a company and <laughs> as a, <laughs> a brand, a record <laughs> label, and a crew. Right. And if you're down with the Titans, then fuck you too. Tim Drake, you know? fuck you too. Garfield Logan, fuck you too. Die slow. But you know, and it brings up a point you uh, mentioned his connection to Dick, is that when he's talking to Roy about it, he flat out says that he's tried to kill Dick before. Yes, that he's tried to kill Dick and Dick tried to put him away for life. Like, what's so severe about that is that the Red Red Hood works better, that whole under the Red Hood storyline, if the focus is not that he wants to kill the Batman, it's that he's angry. That he's fucking but, furious at them. Because but they him, didn't protect him and they didn't avenge him. But it's not like that's like from the outside looking in perspective. He just says, yeah, oh yeah, I tried to kill him. Yeah, which I mean, he does try to do when Dick is Batman and Jason's wearing the, the real tall helmet. Oh, the pill head. Yes. Yeah, the pill head helmet. Uh, when it's him and uh, Scarlet. Which, by the way, what the fuck happened to Scarlet? Oh yeah, they put her on a boat instantly. <laughs> you are out of here. You know, that's that's one of the problems with Grant Morrison is that when they write certain characters, they're so Grant Morrison. They're so Grant Morrison, you can't do anything about them. Just like Cassandra Nova. Like, people just yes. don't touch it. Cassandra like, well, Nova. Has anybody even glanced in the direction of the White Hot Room since then? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, her backstory was just so, it's so tragic, too. Uh, what was the uh, what was the prince villain from Morrison's Batman run that didn't feel pain? Uh, Flamingo. Yes. Nobody was messing with Flamingo, man. Um. Okay, so I, I so Jason tried. Jason is so angry that Tim replaced him that he breaks into Titan's Tower, beats Tim's ass, and writes, "Jason Todd was here in his blood." Love it. Like, love it. Like, he's like, like, like a, I said, to me, it's a very righteous anger. Like, yeah, and his anger know. with the Teen Titans is he's like, fucking Aqua Girl gets a fucking memorial statue, but nothing for me. I was a fucking Teen Titan. Like, Which Wildebeest. You, Wildebeest gets one. Nothing for and Jason. It's, it's not wrong. You're not wrong. He's, not, he's completely correct. They just forgot about him. Like, Jason, when he... Jason is at Tara's funeral. Like, if you read the last few pages of the Judas contract, 
Jason is there. Like, he is a character who knows these people. And they just said, nah, fuck him. We just forgot him. He's totally right to be mad. Um, Was there overlap where he and Dick were both Jason, uh, both uh, Robin? No. Uh, Dick becomes, Dick gives up being Robin at issue 39, issue 40 of Teen Titans. And then Jason becomes Robin kind of in the intervening months before Teen Titans 44 comes out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Teen Titans was monthly back then, wasn't it? Yep. Yep, okay. That makes sense. That's right. Okay. Okay, Uh, gotcha. So, Corey's power, that whole I can absorb your knowledge and information shit, she doesn't have to kiss people. (laughs) Like, explicitly. (laughs) Explicitly. She could just touch you. And she can learn your language. She kisses Dick because she wants to. She kisses Dick because she thinks he's cute. And also, another thing that's weird about that is it feels like it's a little nudge-nudge, wink-wink reference to the cartoon show. Yes. But at the same time, like I said, if that's what you're trying to do, you need to rebuild this Starfire. Yeah, you gotta you gotta totally break her down and build her back up. Which they, um, what's her name? Amanda Connor, I think is the writer. She does that. Amanda Connor's Starfire solo is so much fun. Okay, I gotta look into that. It's uh, it's uh, I think it's uh, post convergence. So I think it's during Rebirth. Uh, it's okay. a lot of fun because it's what you would expect from a Starfire solo book. It's her doing a lot of stuff, but also getting like, acclimated to Earth and just being on her own on Earth. She's like, I think she's in. Now I think about it. I think she's in Miami. Uh, <laughs> Like, there's an issue where somebody's like, hey, uh, you gotta wear clothes. She's like, why? I don't get it. Sure about that? I don't know if you're sure. You're like, yeah, I mean, people get weird about it. Like, I mean, I guess if I have to, but, like, I'm just hanging out. I'm and having a good time. I think that's also what annoys me is that pre-New 52, he was... She was a character that, like, the things that she did seem sexualized, but not to her. Yes, like I remember everyone the, else um, is like, whoa, that's kind of... She's like, what do you mean? Who, whose house was she at? I think she was staying with Animal Man, randomly enough. And she's just like sunbathing. And his wife's like, hey, we have kids. And she's like, oh, do they want to sunbathe too? Why are you telling me that? Like, mm-hmm. But they turned that naivete into straight up... And it's like, that's that's not what they... That's not how that's supposed to work at all, actually. Yeah. Also, just Starfire, I, like, I would like to reiterate, there's nothing wrong with Starfire being a sexy character. She is. Me and Jake talked about that on the last episode. She's allowed to be that. I have no issue with that. My problem is when she is written as sexual and nothing else. Yes. And another, the, the, the following issues, when they're in Tamaran, it also comes out that that's not even like a Tamaranian thing. It's like, it's explicitly her. Yes, it's just her. That's that's the double down that really bothers it. Is it like, like Blackfire looks at Roy and she's like, "Oh, please don't tell me my sister like had really." Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's like no, she's just horny all the time. Like it's I don't know, man. They I don't know what they were trying to do with her. It, she feels like a fanfic character. She feels yeah, like a fanfic. Yes, she feels like a different character. She feels like they wanted this to be a different character, and they were like, "Fuck, we got to make her Starfire." Um, also, I I remember misremembered this issue because I thought that she and Jason sleep together at the end of it. They don't. 
They talk. She hug. They hug as the sun comes up. Wait, really? Yes. Then what the fuck was Jason talking about when he said that they? Uh, he was he was saying Jason- it to fuck with Roy, I guess, or it happens oh. off screen. Okay, because I, I was in that same impression until you said that just now. Because he okay. said he. Jason says in the narration, we don't choose our teachers in life. Sometimes they are crazed vigilantes pretending to love us like a son. Uh, And other times they take the form of a space kitty who is smarter than anyone gives her credit for. This is where they do this again with her later, where Roy kind of refers to her as like a cat, which is weird because we don't see... Again, the version of Corey we see in this issue, issue six, this is like a different character than her, the way she's characterized in issue one. Yes, 100%. Uh, and then I, I did my last note for this. I do like that Jason appears to actually really like, to, to love Corey in a platonic way. Yeah, one thing I will, I will give this book is that they they kind of joke about not being a team, but these three people legitimately do love. Yes. It's, it's one of the redeeming qualities of them. one of the very few that. Yeah. Had. Uh, cause he has this great line. I do think this, this series of narration from Jason is really good. He says, it's a load of bull to think of friendship and romance as being different. They're not, they're just variations of the same love variations of that same desire to be close. And now there is someone out there who knows me. Damn it. Yeah, that's good. Like, like I said, I'll give him credit when he's good because that's that's good, man. Like, it it works. Like, it's so crazy to think about, but like, especially this, I think this is more so true pre-New 52. I'm going to just start saying post-crisis. I forgot I said pre-New 52. Yeah, post-crisis is good. But post-crisis, it's like Jason Todd isn't even a person to most people. He's yeah. just a caution. Yes. He's the concept of, ooh, the Robin who died and came back bad. He's like the Punisher for DC. That's... Yeah, he's part that, he's also part Bucky, too. Yes. Because I think a lot of people, if they, didn't, if they weren't reading one for years, there had always been... I think J. Jonah Jameson talked to Spider-Man. And he's like, everybody thought it was cool to have kids fight crime until Captain America got a teenager killed behind Yes, yes. Like, he's yes. not a person. He doesn't have, like, friends. He's just a cautionary. Don't end up like Jason Todd. Yeah, you don't want to be Jason Todd. Mean? Like, there's a line in Young Justice when Tim is kind of trying to take charge of everything, and uh, Connor looks at him and says, who died and left you in charge? And Tim just kind of makes this face at him. Oh, God. Or oh. when Tim runs into the Joker for the first time, and the Joker can't tell that Tim isn't Jason. Yes. So I think it wasn't the first comic book I because that was Daredevil uh, 227. But I think one of the first comics that I got from this old shop like that used to be in town for like 50 cents was uh, Jason uh, Joker's Wild. Mm-hmm. Joker's Wild. And I, it's so good. It's so good. I love All that it. Dixon like, Robin stuff is good. Yeah, it might. I guess I, for all I know, it could just be nostalgia, but like it's it's so good, man. No, I went like, back and read it last year. It's so good. 
Okay. It's not true, but yeah. You know? But yeah, it's it's and that's why I do like I don't think they touch on it in the in this part of Red Hood, but I know you and me were discussing how like, they do kind of retcon that Roy and Jason have always been kind of friends. Yeah, which is a nice touch. Which is a like, yeah, of course they would have been. They would have been Batman and Green Arrow's sidekicks at the same time. Yeah. And it's you know, you sleep on it because he's he's always I felt like he's always been in, in between generation. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, well he Dixon is in generation. Yeah. He's in the Dixon generation with Roy and Walt and Tim's in it with like Connor Ca- it's Cassie Tim, Connor, Cassie, Mia, the other Connor, and Bart. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like Jason's just kinda He was kinda in between, but Jason is the two characters that Jason was always shown to have been kind of friends with are Donna and Roy. Yeah, which just the Donna Troy, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Bring her back. Same. Um So issue seven opens with Jason Jason uh in disguise as like a doctor checking crux into Arkham so they can steal a ship. Which, and, okay, so, once again, we have established that this team is the quote-unquote outlaw. They are bad enough that when Superman meets them later, he says he should take them all to prison, right? Why? We don't ever see them doing anything that bad. Why don't they kill this guy? <laughs> what reason is it to put him in Arkham? Like, uh, is the reason, I think, I think he does say it. Well, so they give a reason as to why they don't turn him into, like, the authority. Because he's like, oh, well, you know, trying to kill an alien isn't a crime. He'll walk free. But put a bullet in his head. Yeah. You do that literally the same issue. Somebody who's dangerous tries to kill you. You kill them. That happens the same issue. Yeah, because in this issue, they fight Essence on the ship. Uh... Is that... That's this issue. Issue seven is essence. Oh, so issue eight. Is, oh, I'm sorry. The next issue then, because issue eight is the Suzy Sue one, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. The next issue, you kill somebody for being dangerous, but you let the kaiju list. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. This. No. You again, Jason is talking to to Essence, and we get the backstory that Jason and Essence had a thing. Because every woman in this book wants to fuck Jason. Also, kind of creepy when you find out moments later that she, she she's a hundred years out. old. Like, very weird stuff. Yep. Like she's fucking Melisandre. What is this? I don't. Yeah, because then Jason's like, I trusted you, and now everyone is dead. You betrayed the all cast, and she's like. Don't do this to me, Jason, not to us. And he's like, there's not an us and blah, 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 blah. blah. What, what are my notes for here? Um, my notes are Jason fights Essence. Oh, they used to fuck. Of course. Every woman wants to fuck Jason. Uh, she kind of, she mentions that she was imprisoned by Trigon at one point. Yep. And we don't think we ever hear about that again. Nope. Not important. Shut up. Don't worry about right. it. Well, and honestly, it's not fair of me to say that because uh, in the coming issues, she gets a backup story that I just completely ignored. 
Oh yeah, so, I, I glossed fully over that. Because um, it's just boring. Okay. Like that's this book's biggest sin is that they start to do things that should be interesting, and then they're like, nope, let's be boring. Uh, she shows up. She beats those. Uh, she breaks Jason's all blades, which did not have a name to this point. Now, <laughs> I think my I had started to write. You know, I kind of like that Jason has these dumb little daggers. It's a neat thing for him. And then it's like, oh, they're gone. But don't they? Uh, what was the what's the gimmick with them? There's a don't oh, they only the facing true evil? Is that how she, he explained it? Maybe. It was something goofy like that, because see, when she fights him, she he says, "I can tell you're the bad guy because of my all stupid like some goofy shit, man." Yeah, like yeah, we both know an all blade can only be drawn in the face of absolute evil essence. <sighs> all right, like all right, that's if that's that, Voltron. That's just <laughs> and. That concept is even funnier because if that's the case, how did they make them for you to train with? Yeah. How did you... <laughs> you just keep a tied-up Untitled down there? Yeah. Yeah, then we get the backstory of the Untitled, which is that the Untitled basically broke off from the all-cast or whatever. Churning in, in deep into the churning waters of absolute evil. The darkest energy in the world emerged from the Earth as if from the very depths of the planet's soul. One by one, it entered all those who were there, starting with the weakest and building in ferocity with each of the nine souls it consumed. Your beloved teacher, Dukra, was there that day. Uh, she was the most defiant among them. She was the only one of the Elder Clan to defy her brother for all the good it did her. I know this all because I was there that day. I was there when my mother, Dukra, became forever linked to the Untitled. Also, I hate that there's just nine of these things. Because they, they talk about the... Well, maybe did they repopulate? Because they talk yeah, about that's my girl. guess, is that they, they... It was like it started with nine and went from there. Yeah, yeah I'm just, I'm, I'm, I was just done. But that's what I was just... I'm done. No, I'll tell you, the, the next page is where I'm like, all right, this sucks. Uh, so Starfire pretty smartly blasts Essence here uh, with just just just... Turns it all the way up. Gives us the good stuff. She says, Your flames mean little to one who was once imprisoned in the black heart of Trigon. And nobody touches on it again. No. Uh, there is, there is one just really wanted to make this character cool. This is this whole book feels like a backdoor pilot for Essence. Yeah, it does. That's a really good way of putting it. It's, it's <laughs> like... It's like, like when the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was like Canada? Mockingbird was like they tried to set up a Mockingbird show and then nothing ever came of it. And then what Bobby is just it? never seen again. Yes. Bobby is in that show and then there's a point where she leaves and it is supposed to set up a spinoff that never happened. Okay, because then they try to do a Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I think they might have tried to use that to set up a Ghost Rider show, and then nothing comes of it. All right. I mean, okay. Um, there is a there is a moment I like during where uh, Starfire blasts her, and she's like, and Jason's like, that like you're not doing anything, 
And she's like, are you dumb? I turned her to ashes. And Jason, Jason's, to ash. like, Jason's like, it's, she's the smoke. And then she teleports like fucking smoke from Mortal Kombat and kicks Corey in the back. <laughs> like just that, that rules. Like, like that was, I got a good reaction. About it. Like she pushed down up and <laughs> just bam. You know, straight teleport punch. And yep. it sucks because if, if Corey had just uh, did a back block, she could have gotten a nice soul victim. Push R2. Come on. You know? She could have had a nice little, uh, a nice little punish right there, but, you know. <laughs> that's that's like minus 30 on block. You would have done great there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they beat her somehow. Oh yeah, they beat her with uh the teleport gun. The teleport gun that uh that Crux left because they're on Crux's ship. Because this shit is just the biggest like plot saver of all. It can do whatever it needs them. Because mm-hmm. it's got all this alien technology and shit, so it flies fast. It cloaks. It uh intercepts like signals and shit. It's just it's a it should be cool. I should like it more than I. Yeah, uh, Jason's jacket gets all fucked up here. Sucks to be him. So now he's just <laughs> silver Batman with a red mask. Uh, my uh, my head cannon is that the that jacket was wearing was the uh, three hundred dollar contract. Y'all talking about? Wait, say it again. The, the, the three hundred dollar jacket that Dick was talking about in uh, he's just wearing all of Dick's clothes. Yeah, he's just wearing Dick's clothes again. You know. Uh, and so Jason, out of nowhere, calls Isabel. Yeah, like the, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I really didn't understand what the the point of that was. He calls, he calls yeah. Isabel, and then hangs up, like just doesn't say anything. Like I don't know, man. Uh, so Susie Sue wakes up in the hospital, and she's like, "I'm good. I'm gonna." Fuck Gotham up. I'm gonna fuck this hospital up if uh, if the Red Hood doesn't come fight. And see, so this is another pet peeve of mine. So Scott Lodell does he does a couple of things consistently that really annoy me. One mm-hmm. is he. It seems like every issue or every other issue starts with narration. Uh, explaining events that we just saw mm-hmm. like we just like we're reading this monthly ongoing we know what the second is he'll also over explain something that you can yes and then he also over complicates things for no reason correct like why well, was this it's, uh, Bob boss sorry what no I was gonna say this is the same man who decided that Monet San would be revealed to be two kids in a trench coat. <laughs> this is the same dude who was like, yeah, this is the most interesting character uh, in this book. This oh, character is really God. popular. Let's make her Vincent Adult Man. <laughs> like. And they they we, took him off the book we, after that and then re- <laughs> and the subsequent writers put Monet back. Yeah, because it's just like, and what always baffles me about that is why let why publish it? If you see the thing <laughs> big of a stupid mistake, why not just say, okay, let's delay 
We'll, yeah, delay it and we'll we'll figure it out. Because it was the wrap-up of the, the plot where they were, like, Sink does some shit and thinks, oh my god, I turned Monet into two kids. And then it was like, no, she was always two kids. And then they were like, okay, that's really dumb. It's two kids pretending to be their big sister. Also, their sister's penance. Like, okay, so you, like they did all this just so they can go to the local and like watch what R-rated movie. Like, Texas <laughs> they, want, they really wanted to go see Clerks. You know? But, um, yeah, I hate that. So, this Hong Kong mob boss gets shot by Jason and airlifted to Gotham so that they can have Jason like fight her in Gotham. But because the they need Jason to be in Gotham because he's because this is also the night of the owl. Right. Whereas the easier thing to do would just make her a Gotham crime boss. Because Gotham has Jason, crime. And Jason would have a safe house in his hometown because he feels comfortable. Like why does it have to like or another fucking idea. Say that fucking Susie Sue say he kills her in Hong Kong. And like her brother is fucking black mad. Like it makes no sense because this whole story is somebody. an excuse to have Jason in Gotham during the night of the owl. And it just it makes no sense to airlift somebody from fucking Hong Kong to New Jersey. To, I think, yes, what's the fucking point? It's it's <sighs> generally genuinely really fucking stupid. Like and I, like you said, I know it's all just to have him in there for the Night of the Owls crossover, which I I, I liked a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of liked it. Yeah, I kind of liked it. Anything that involves <laughs> so New Fifty Two, Mister Freeze is really dumb. It's there's a lot of stupid retcons in the New Fifty Two. Mister Freeze is up there, and I kind of love how stupid his retcon is. Please do elaborate, my friend. So, Mr. Freeze, you, dear listener, still listening to this two hours and eight minutes in, uh, may remember that Mr. Freeze is trying to find a cure for his wife, Nora, who has has a mysterious illness, and he has had to freeze her cryogenically ever since. Except, what if I told you that she is not his wife? <laughs> that she the Nora not only is not Mr. Freeze's wife she's not his girlfriend she's not a friend of his she's not old girl from down the way Nora has been frozen since the Eisenhower administration <laughs> Mr. Freeze is just totally enamored with her and is like I must th- I'm in love with her I must thaw her out so we can be together Oh my god. And when Bruce what? so he, he gets a job at fucking Wayne Industries at like researching like cryogenic whatever. And Bruce kind of catches wind of it and goes down there. He's like, You gotta shut this shit down, man. This is <laughs> This is a can't do this. That's not no, bro. <laughs> and he's like Mr. Freeze freaks out, starts throwing shit at Bruce, and this leads to the accident that leads to him becoming Mr. Freeze. That's so dumb. 
It's incredibly dumb. I think it's the best. I I wonder if that's I wonder if that's because his backstory originally makes him too sympathetic of a character. Well, the thing is, that's that backstory was established after that character had existed for like twenty years. That's that comes back to the show because Bruce Tim and Paul Dini made him the sympathetic character. They then retconned it so he was always like that in the comics. Yeah, yeah. Because one thing I do I do dislike about his portrayal a lot of times is that he Mr. Freeze always felt to me, and I think it's made because I, when I started reading those retcons that are happening, is that he always felt like he should be a villain who wasn't actively like he opposes Batman because Batman's in because Batman's what? Batman's in the way of his goal. Yes. Like it's not like he's an actively malicious person. He should be like I use an Arkham, basically. Yes. In the Arkham game. Except in except all his plots are like him freezing Gotham. Yeah, yeah. Nuke, like fucking nuclear winter. Like it's the, I don't know. <laughs> also, in the in when they add the retcon, it's his it's established that his wife is already dead. I'm remembering that kind of right now is that Nora is already dead and he wants revenge on the people he feels are responsible for Nora dying. Oh, geez. Yep. Continuity is... Continuity is a motherfucker. Anyway. The the older I get, I think we should just make every comic book 10 issue continuity. (laughs) Honestly, I think everyone should just grant Morris in it and just, all right, everything is canon all the time. You know? Uh, anyway, we cut to Jason killing someone in Hong Kong. Or, like, he's, like, crashing a funeral by stabbing somebody who is already in a casket? It's- yes! What a great scene. <laughs> what a fucking... What a guy! <laughs> like... He's just like, hey, this dead body here more. Don't care. Anyway, I am I am desecrating so, your friend's corpse. I'm running shit now. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I you all work for me now. And they, they take offense to this. So Jason kills them all. Pretty great. Pretty great stuff. Like, <laughs> so again, this feels it. like a setup for something that should be cool. Because this should be just fucking sleeping dogs. Yes. Oh. Justice for Justice for fucking sleeping dog. Justice for fucking that whole yeah that game that studio Winston. Mm. Fuck right. dog eyes. You know this motherfucker's name is you know, Dog Eyes. Well, my nigga Winston died. I say fuck school. Ah <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, um. So yeah, it's whatever. Some shit about Hong Kong crime bosses that should be cool, but again, is not. Uh, this is, they have to save a children's hospital from Susie Sue. Susie Sue is going to blow up the children's hospital if Jason does not show up. I'll be honest with you. This is some of my favorite action in the whole run. Yeah, the action here is good. It's just the reason for it is stupid. It feels like Roy and Jason can actually harm the people they're killing now. Yeah. You know, it's not a fucking giant dragon that's eating spirits and shit. Like, these are goons that... Yeah, just dudes. Starfire turns them into fucking ashes. 
Yes. Which is fucking... Like, she incinerates their bones. Like, Jesus. And they're like... (sighs) Um, She's like, too much? And Roy's like, no, they're trying to... They came into a children's hospital with guns. Fuck these guys. You know? And I love how she's just like, oh, don't worry. I think I... I think I... Yeah. She channels all the hate from her being a slave and just fucking kills him. Yeah. So Jason gets into an elevator, which is a stupid-ass idea. Because uh, then Susie Sue fucking King Kong Bundy's the elevator. <laughs> just fucking drops through like earthquakes. Just <laughs> gator bombs this man. <laughs> it's time. It's time. It's Susie time. 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 She straight fucking crushes the dude. She crushes Jason. And she's like... She's like... uh, What's the line? I'm 600 pounds of white hot rage. I'll survive this even if you won't. And then Jason just puts a gun to her chin and is like, are you sure about that? You fucking idiot. She's like, you're gonna have to kill me because I don't know why I give her a redneck She's like, you have to keep because I've never stopped. And he's like, okay. It just blows her fucking head off. <laughs> well, because, like, the, the elevator is falling, and uh, Starfire just catches it because she's fucking Starfire. Uh, yeah. Then they. Yeah. Jason fights Susie Zoo some more, and she's like, uh, she's like, I-, I won't stop for a second. As long as I still breathe. My only thought will be breaking your neck and licking the blood and bile that oozes from your lifeless body. I won't stop ever. And Jason, again, one good joke every issue. Jason says, I respect your decision. But <laughs> that line is like some straight cannibal corpse shit. <laughs> yes, I will lick the blood and bile that oozes from your body. What the fuck? That's why, I mean, you know, I'm a big guy myself, but that's probably why you're 600 pounds. That's some, that's some sick shit. She, is the implication that she is eating her enemies after she kills them? I think so. I think that's the implication. That's fucked. Uh, so they right. leave, and uh, the hospital is saved. The kids are safe. We did it, outlaws. Um, and... Uh, they intercept the transmission from Alfred. And this is where we get that really good scene with Tim and Jason. Yeah, uh, so what I really like about this scene is that it kind of I think I don't know if it's implied or supposed but the way I took it is that if anybody else had come over that transmission asking for Jason's help, they wouldn't have done, Tim, he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have done it. But the fact that it's specifically Tim is why he decides to help out. And I fucking love it. Yeah, and then he calls Jason directly. He doesn't say, hey, if anybody's up there, he says, Jason, if you can hear me, come help. We can use your help, you know? And what I like about the little conversation that he and Tim have in that loft is something that to modern audiences may not seem because I think since the New 52 started to now, I think every... Robin has had a brush with death at some point. Tim, well, but, Tim kind of, because Tim they they make it seem like Tim died, 
Tim was like the one who hadn't. Well, Tim and Dick. Then Dick gets shot by the KG Beast. Uh, yep, I remember that. And then Tim, they, they think, dies. But he actually gets saved by by Valzad. Or not Valzad. Um, uh, Zor-El. Uh, what were you saying? But yeah, up until that point, like, bad family members don't really die. Yeah, it's and at this point, it is t- uh, it's just Jason and Stephanie. Yeah, but even in the, I don't think Stephanie was she in the new No, no, she wasn't around yet. Stephanie is not reintroduced until Convergence and Rebirth. Like, Stephanie is just not around for like five years. And what sucks about that is she had just come back. Yep, and her back. Her Batgirl run was good in my Her Batgirl run no rules. Also, shout out to Detective Nick Gage. Huh? Ste- so Stephanie's, do you remember the cop that uh that Stephanie works a lot with in her um in yeah. her Batgirl run? Mm-hmm. You remember what his name is? No. It's Nick Gage. Get out of here. <laughs> that man's name is Detective Nick Gage. Yeah, man, Stephanie Brown's a gang member. <laughs> <laughs> MDK all day. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Tim has a line where he specifically, like, Jason's like, you know, I haven't re- And Tim specifically says, like, you died and you came back to life. That's rough. You're going to have a hard time transitioning. Like, I get that. And I just love that line because it makes you speedsters and Kryptonians and Lanterns, they die all the Bad family members don't die. Right. So yeah. these are just normal people. Yeah. So like I think I, I love that Tim's empathetic enough to really, I get it, man. I mean, and like, Tim also know, says, maybe people. we'll all get it someday. And they they sit and they bond over Alfred's Alfred's <laughs> terrible waffles. Oh, that's what it was, waffles. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like uh, he says, just just tell me these aren't Alfred's waffles. He's like paste, right? God, he's so proud of it. You ever tell him? Fucking no, dude. Why would I tell him that? <laughs> but yeah, that's a really good moment, and I really, I last, I like, I like that interaction. Yeah. Uh, then but, issue nine, we get our first tie-in issue. I will say this: they really held back on doing crossovers at this point because. When I went back and I read uh, the Dixon Robin stuff, the the ninety three series, that Tim mm. does not get a story that's all his until like issue ten because he's so tied up in Nightfall and Night Quest and yeah in uh, in some shit with the KGB. Like it's he's just so tied up in this other bullshit that then he finally gets his own story. So for this to go eight issues and then have a tie in. That isn't that tied in, I think is great. Yeah, I acquired this Catman, 90s Batman talk, uh, just Bat Family in general. So many events, it just. Oh my God. No from like 93 years. to 97, you get, or from 92, you get Nights, Nightfall, Night Quest, Night's End, you get Prodigal, uh, you get yep. um, No Man, uh, Cataclysm, No Man's Land. But it just all in like back to back to back to back to back. It's crazy. But, yeah, it's just it's in in my personal opinion, at least to for Batman specifically, it's probably the worst time to read Batman because there's no yeah. like character development. There's nothing. 
It's just all reaction yeah. to events. Yeah, it's reaction to events and then things that spin out of events. Like, I forgot that Stephanie getting pregnant is a byproduct of... or Steph, The whole Stephanie is about to become a single mom plot is a byproduct of Cataclysm. Yep. Like, her, her, her ex-boyfriend, the baby's father, is not around because he, he left after the quake fucking ruined Gotham. Yep. Um, I hate that storyline. It's not even that it's bad, it's just so dumb. Cataclysm? Like, yeah. No Man's Land, work- I think, is is good, but that's just because I, th- I like the idea of Bruce Wayne paying money out of his own pocket to rebuild the city. Yes, you know where that that would have made a good video game. Yes, but that's what Arkham Knight should have been, actually. That, oh, hot take, but I like it. Yeah, that to me seems so very uh, perfect because the first thing that I feel like would happen if something like that hit Gotham is any one of the superheroes that have actual, namely John Stewart, who has a ring that can construct whatever he wants, and he used to be. Used to be a marine, yeah. You know, like a person would be like, "Well, okay, let's let's get some infrastructure." Right now, they're like, "All right, Bruce, it's up to you. To fucking do it yourself." <laughs> you know, You're just fucking stuck eating pork and beans and shit. <laughs> like, also, because Gotham is Gotham is in New Jersey. It's a pretty major landmark. Like, imagine if Jersey City was just wiped off the map. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know, man. It's across That's the, it, like, especially because Metropolis is supposed to be in Delaware. So he, Superman is right there. Yeah, actually, I, I didn't know that. I thought Metropolis was supposed to be St. Louis. No, no, no. Um, Central City is supposed to, either Central City or Keystone oh. City is supposed to be St. Louis. Yep, you're right. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, like, that's what, a two-hour drive? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, think of this way. Dick moves to New York late in the Nightwing run before he becomes Batman, uh, pre- post-crisis. And he just, it's like a drive. He just rides his motorcycle from Gotham into New York. The Teen Titans are based in Manhattan, and Tim Drake, as a 13-year-old child, leaves Gotham to go to New York to talk to Dick Grayson and comes back the same day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Put in perspective like that. That's yeah. See, what, see, audience, this is the kind of stuff you don't get with your average. This man just had that ready. That. <laughs> I just knew that. You know, talk to him a little bit nice. Let's get <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get back into issue nine because we we're coming up on where we finish. We only read the first fourteen issues of this book. Because this book is a drag. Especially after this. I think this issue is like a real high point. I think yes. issues 8 and 9 are probably the best two issues here. And just to laugh at our own fucking hubris. We talked. We were going to do all 40. We were like, no, we could do that. I could ba- we could bang that out in a week. No. <laughs> I got to like issue 11. And I texted you. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. Like, this is just, it's awful. Um. <sighs> So they they find, they get to where Mr. Freeze is. And I think the reason they pick Mr. Freeze is they're like, all right, what's close enough 
to help everybody out, but I don't have to actually interact with them. I think that's a great character trait for Jason to have. Is like, look, I'm yeah. not going to fucking family dinner. I don't. Know. Yeah, I do love that little that little part where he's like, "All right, let's." I want to help, but I don't want to be. Seen. I don't want them to see me help them. <laughs> like, I don't have a conversation here. What are we doing? Jason is. I feel like if Jason had lived, uh, he would have gone to college, but gone to college. Uh, just far enough that if they absolutely need him, he can just he could it'll be an hour. Like yeah, I, yeah. they're in Jersey, I could see him going to Pitt. Yep, or fucking uh, or he's going to like fucking uh down to, you know, down to what? And just down in like Virginia, just yeah. far enough where yeah. it's don't call him, don't expect him there every weekend, but he can get right. You need him, he'll be there. Jason Todd, star two guard in Villanova. <laughs> he averages uh he averages ten points, three steals, and five fouls a game. <laughs> you know, he's, he's just real good, good energy for you. You know, the fucking Christian Leitner of his generation. <laughs> <laughs> uh actually, you know what? Jason would go to Duke. Yeah, oh, he, oh, he's such a big guy. He's a scrappy white guy with an with like an attitude problem. Yeah, that's a that's a dude guard, rich and, and rich. Yes. <laughs> uh, so they, Mister Freeze has just frozen an entire section of Gotham, uh, because he's run. He, so he, it's revealed that Mister Freeze was working with the uh the. Court of Owls. Uh, and so they get mixed up with Mr. Freeze. They're trying to help him, but he's like, I don't need your help. And they're like, well, we're not going to let you die because how are we going to thaw this shit out without you because you froze the city block, asshole. And it's, you know, it's 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 some good action. Um, it kind of felt they just kind of shoehorned in a random like recognizable bat villain there. Yeah, well yeah, of course. Uh they had to pick somebody and they were like, all right, who's not really doing anything for this? Uh Mr. Freeze. Um let's talk about that weird interaction Jason has with that with the talent. Yeah, that's what my, most of my notes are about. This talent is supposed to be like a like a mirror of Jason. Yeah, you know, he's like but then also Dick Grayson to a little bit. Like he's darkest timeline Dick Jason. Dick yeah, because he, he's he was in the circus, and like he thinks that Jason thinks that this guy is somehow related to Dick Grayson because he specifically goes to where Haley Circus used to be, which mm-hmm. I don't remember if this is something they included when they redconned it. Dick owns Haley Circus. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Dick bought the circus that he grew up in, which is such a good flex. Yep, yep. Well, him and Tim, especially, like, towards Final Crisis, like, when Bruce was gone, they just start doing whatever with the money. (laughs) They don't give a fuck. Which really is what you should do, man. Uh, Tim starts a gang out, uh, starts a youth gang outreach program. Like, you know Bruce won't care what you do with it. Like, just sitting there. Yeah. How many bad rings you need? (laughs) Dick buys a circus. Uh, Tim briefly becomes head of Wayne Industries and also the head of the League of Assassins. It's it's a lot. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but Jason has like a heart-to-heart with this uh, with this 
with his talon. Meanwhile, Corey fights Mr. Freeze. And Mr. Freeze is like, or Corey's like, I'm impressed and repulsed that you're so fucking good at this, but you want to do all this stupid shit with it. And it's definitely the, uh, it's definitely the uh, I don't want to. I don't want to what? It's, it's definitely that uh, Spider-Man panel of I don't want to cure. I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people into dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, like it's a hundred percent that you know. Yeah. Um, so Mr. Freeze is like everything I do is motivated by love, and she's like, "Yeah, all right, whatever." Which that whole section seems so creepier now that you give me the context of his record. Yes, he's not. It, in, he's not in love with her. She's, he's just obsessed with this woman. Yeah, because without it, it seems like he's talking about Nora. But give me that context, it's like, oh, this fuck. This guy sucks. How do we want to look at him? Like, <laughs> this this man is disgusting. Uh, but Jason has a heart to heart with the Talon, who is also like, I died and came back, and uh, you know, I, I'm just a tool to these people, which is how Jason feels like he was to Bruce. Yeah. Um, and then the dude gets down on his knees, takes off his mask, and he's like, he tells him his real name and everything, and he asks Jason to kill him. Uh, and then Jason shows up with Mr. Freeze on the rooftop where uh, the rooftop of the GCPD drops him off with Barbara, which I think this is the first time they've interacted uh, up to this point in the New 52. Yeah. Also, it just occurred to me, this is the first, because Barbara had a series around this time. That's the first time she had a Batgirl solo. Is it? That for the first time there's a Batgirl solo series, somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the first Batgirl solo series, like ongoing, is Cass's series. And that starts in like 99. That's so weird. Mm hmm. That seem right. It, it doesn't, but remember, neither Wonder Girl has ever had an ongoing. So. Yeah. You're, and you know what? She's been, she had been Oracle and in the wheelchair since 88. Yeah. When's the Killing Joke? Killing Joke is, I want to say you're right. I want to say it's 88. Um, so yeah, that makes that that makes sense, actually. Yeah. Ah. Uh, also, I kind of hate that they took Barbara out of the chair. Like, I get that they wanted to go yes. with the most recognizable character in that role. But fuck that. Uh, Arguably. Uh, more people know Barbara as Batgirl than know Stephanie. So, okay, so I'll give you that, but that's, I also feel like that's picking out, that's saying that of the hundred people that know back, this is kind of rude. Apologize if we got any Batgirl stands out there. No, but you, you're saying like in terms of percentages, if a hundred people know Batgirl. Yeah, like it might be a high percentage, but it's not a lot. Right. Because she hasn't had a whole lot of representation in outside media. Like she was in the animated series. Well, that's the thing. Uh, she was in the animated series and she was in the Batman 2004. Like, if you were a kid born between, like, 1980, like, 1985 and 2000, Barbara Gordon is Batgirl. Right, but that's the thing. Even in Batman 4, she's not Barbara Gordon. She's Alfred. That's right. In Batman Forever, it's, uh, it's Alicia Silverstein. Yeah, so it's like, I, I, so I get it, but I think she just, I don't know, I liked her so much better as Oracle. She's better as know? Oracle. And plus, I think... She's like the only major disabled character at DC, and then to undisable her, 
Yeah. And I also, you know, it's... I think the way they did it, I really didn't like. Like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a big... I'm one of those people where, like, I get... This is a side note. I do get Batman's whole we can't just go around killing folk willy-nilly thing. But the, the Joker the should have stayed dead after the killing joke. Batman yes. should have just killed him there and we should have never seen him yeah. again. Like, the idea that this man kills one of your sidekicks and disables another is... And then he just still gets to go around... Untouched! In kindergarten room. That's that's crazy. <laughs> he like, run around like he popped. Yeah, you know, that popped the whole brain. <laughs> you look weak out here in the street. Like, right, which is, do, like I was saying, say in Joker War, uh, fucking uh, Harley's like, okay, enough. We gotta get this fucking guy out of here. Yeah, uh, 100%. Alright, so And that's pull- why I also think that her her getting un- undisabled, but her getting out of the chair, it's like, it wasn't even like they did something unique where it's like, oh, Cyborg gave her cybernetics that, like, make her legs work but they only work for a little... It's no push to it. She was yeah. just temporarily paralyzed. Yeah. What the fuck yeah. is that? Like, no, she was oh, shot. Man. It was a thing that happened. She lost her... The use of her legs for years. I don't know, man. Like, I, I want to check. I, I feel like... I feel like she was Oracle longer than she was Batgirl. Or just as long. That sounds right. Like... She becomes Batgirl in the 60s. And New 52 is 2011. Right, so, so she's Oracle from 88 to 2011. 23 years, yeah. It's close. It's, was yeah. she Oracle the entire... I mean, was she Batgirl the entire time after her introduction, or was she like one of those on and off for like four or five years characters? I'm pretty sure she was just Batgirl for... Uh, just straight up for ever, from Jump. Her her first appearance as Batgirl is in January of 67. Her first appearance as Oracle is January of 89. So yeah, she's Oracle for as long as she's Batgirl. Yeah, like... I don't know, man. It it stinks. And also, I'm I think I think that comics also should do more flashbacks. Yes. So I don't think you need to take her out of the chair, you can still do... You can literally... You're you're writing the whole universe. You can do an ongoing that's just flashbacks to her as Batgirl. Yes, her telling... Her telling Cassandra about when she was Batgirl. Yeah, just like I, I've, I've lamented this idea for probably the whole time you've known me now, but I want there to be an ongoing where it's just called a Robin ongoing, but each little five page arc, like five issue arc is just one of them having flashbacks to their time at Yeah, well they're doing that like, Robins that series now um, Like a, I don't know if it's going to be like a long term ongoing or if it's just going to be like a, like a six issue thing, but they're doing a series now called Robins, that is all of them together Oh yeah, with all the sexy uh, sexy variants Yes, that variant where Dick is that, that we want to talk about art that looks like porn I'm saying, man. They, they they put so much emphasis on the bulge. He's so sweaty. What's with that? <laughs> like, like, man, whatever you gotta do to get women to read. Right, yeah. I well, think I think it'd be easier to just hire more women to 
stories that women care about, but that Yeah, but if too, you draw Dick Grayson's giant ass, that also helps. You know, that works too. <laughs> Shout out to Nicola Scott. Uh, so this issue 10, this is? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. Issue 10 opens with a page of a dude holding an axe in Corey and Roy's bedroom. Uh, also, I think it's very funny that Roy sleeps outside of the covers, fully nude, and Corey hogs all the covers. I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. Especially yeah. considering that her body temperature. Yes, so that she is hot enough that he she literally burns him. She is wrapped up in all these covers, and Roy is outside, dick and balls fully out. You know, exposed, to, exposed the to the elements. <laughs> <laughs> um. So meanwhile, downstairs, Jason is on a date with uh with Isabel. That flight attendant from before. Uh, and she's like, Jason, oh my god, Jason, you're so funny. I can't remember a date when I've had more fun. Remember this for later. Uh, and you know, they're they're talking, and she uh he goes, So this is my hotel. Should I can I call you a cab? And she's like, No, nah. he's like, Don't he's like, You don't want to miss your flight, and she's like, I don't. Because, like you said, everyone wants to fuck him. Everyone wants to fuck Jason Todd. At the very least, this woman was established earlier as wanting to fuck Jason Todd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, she is, she's just like, whatever, just fuck me. Come on. Get with the program, dude. I think it's, I think it's understated how when he does and she uh, he hangs up before he can say anything, she is over the moon fucking Yes, she's like, so she, happy that she that he called her, and he just doesn't say anything. He just sits there like, like she's basically making sure her IEDs are like. She's like, oh, thank God, you know. <laughs> He's hold on, run that past me one more time. <laughs> he said, making sure that her IUDs all good to go. Yeah, you know, you got to make sure you're ready. You know? Yeah. Uh, so that yeah, big dude, sure if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. <laughs> you think Batman? <laughs> You think Batman made sure they keep condoms in the utility belts? You know, Jason, you can't under you can't understate the, the the importance of good contraception. You know, I uh, I slipped up once, kid. And I slipped now up once, little, and now we're uh, stuck with Damien. But there's a bird with a sword flying around my house. So, like, you know. I, I love the idea of Bruce having to give the boys the talk. Yes. Like it's so good, especially Dick, because Dick was like right at that age. Yes, well, because like in the old con, oh well, they reestablished it as the continuity now, uh, thanks to Rebirth. But Dick was raised with Bruce from when he was nine years old, so Bruce <laughs> definitely had to give him the talk. Like Alfred definitely have to had to like walk Bruce through giving him. It's like Alfred. Dick's like, he's going through puberty. He's in middle school now. He's going to start dating. What am I going to do? And Alfred's like, well, Master Bruce. Do you know what just occurred to me? That Alfred gave Bruce a talk. Yes. (laughs) That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Alfred was like, well, when you came of age, Master Bruce. 
You didn't have quite as much interest in the fair sex as young Master Grayson did, but nonetheless, we made sure you were prepared. Like, Alfred and Bruce he had to give Dick the talk. And there's, there's just no me, way that... How do you give a talk to a kid that's, uh, that, let's call a spade a spade, just that, that's that hot. <laughs> how do you give, how do you give, uh, how do you give the talk to Dick Grayson, who definitely has been on some kind of time since he was, <laughs> since he was 12 He's years like, old. I got it, don't worry. He's like, it. like, hey, so look, you're getting kind of, you're getting older, and we just want to make sure, he's like, oh, yeah, 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 I was raised in the circus, man. <laughs> on, I know. Buddy. I got it. I, I can handle this, all right? Relax. I got this. <laughs> and, and you know what? I like the idea that he had to skip the talk with with uh, with Dick because Dick was like, whatever, man. You know, I was raised in the circus. I know where babies come from. It's fine. You know, uh, I got it. Tim, he avoided it with because Tim's dad is still alive. Yes. So Jack gave Tim the talk. Actually. With Tim, with Tim, everyone thinks he's having sex all the time. It's like a running gag in the early issues of Robin is that everyone always thinks Tim is fucking. Because there's the issue where Ariana runs away from home. Tim's first girlfriend, Ariana Zierchenko, uh, shout out to her because she hasn't been seen since 1997. Uh <laughs> Ariana uh, comes over to Tim's house in the middle of the night because she runs away from home. And so Tim has Ari stay in his bedroom while uh, – and he sleeps in the guest room. So when Mrs. Mack, the Drake family maid, comes to uh, comes to wake Tim up, it's like, you know, you, Timothy, your breakfast is ready. Tim realizes, shit, Ariana's asleep in my bed. I'm asleep in the guest room. And he has to sprint down the hall to try and get to uh, to try and get to the room before Mrs. Mac does. He doesn't. So then Jack finds out. He freaks. He's like, what? Who is this girl you have in your fucking bedroom? What are you doing? You're so fucking grounded. What are you doing, man? Uh, and then there's another issue. I don't remember if this is before or after this, but uh, sorry, y'all. This is a tangent about Tim because this is a. This, I'm me. Uh, you know what you said. Listen, if you've known me for any point of time within the last 10 years, you know what time it is. Uh, Tim goes over to Ariana's house and he. Uh, this is after an incident in which she got mad at him. Or no, she goes to hang out with some other kids from their school. Okay, wait, hold on. I, I got to remember the order of events here. So uh, a kid from Tim's school gets shot. Uh, this kid, Carl Rank, gets shot. Tim uh, Tim and uh, Ariana go to his funeral. And Tim sees Stephanie at this funeral. <laughs> and he's just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? I... I can't let Stephanie see me. I can't. God, I hope she doesn't recognize me. Because if she recognizes me, oh boy, we are fucked. We are all so fucked if Stephanie recognizes me. And so he keeps looking over at her, seeing if she's looking at him. Ariana notices and is like, hey, Tim, who's that girl 
that you were looking at at Carl's funeral. And Tim lies. He does. He he is Bruce's son. and He lies. He says, oh, you know, I, I, I just thought she was cute. Um, you know, I like blondes. He doesn't. Well, he does. Tim, Tim is an interesting case because for a long time they, they ran with that. Because his love interests after this are Stephanie and Cassie. Which just... Tim and Cassie always felt sacrilegious to me, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're... He, uh, she was dating his best friend. His best friend died and they got together out of grief. Made sense. And it doesn't last long. <laughs> like, like right. they, they hang out and then she's like, yeah, this is weird. You know? Um, but yeah, let's, let's not do that. Uh, so Tim... Tim says this, and so Ariana dyes her hair blonde, and Tim freaks out, which prompts Dick to say the funniest thing that I think he ever says, where Tim goes to Dick to, for advice a lot during this run. He goes to Dick and Barbara all the time. Anytime he has problems uh, with relationships or anything, he calls them. So Tim and Dick are talking, and Dick's like, I don't see what the problem is. Uh... Yeah, she dyed her hair. It's like dating a girl. It's like dating a new girl without having to cheat or break up. It rules. <laughs> Which, Dick, how many times have you done this? Like, it reinforces my idea that Dick Grayson is, like, Dick is, he's too charming and too attractive to ever give good advice. <laughs> yeah, you were telling me about this. He just, he's never had these problems. Like they're like, well, it was like, oh, well, uh, uh, have you tried flexing and doing yoga in front of? Okay. Have you tried coming out of the shower in nothing but a towel? Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> well, that's my one thing, man. Like that's my that's my goal. <laughs> you might you might what you might as well charge it to the game, kid. <laughs> also, the idea of Dick Grayson saying charge it to the game. Yeah. Hey, man. Listen. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, so the, then some stuff happens. A dude that, a dude from their school, like, tries to, like, make a pass at Ariana. Like, he, like, he goes and hangs out with these, uh, she goes and hangs out with these kids from school. They, um, and the, the dude whose car it is, like, he's, like, tries to, like, make, she tries to make some shit happen. And she is super uncool with that. Um, yes. And they, uh, Tim and, um, Tim later comforts her. She dyes her hair back to black. They're hanging out at her house and she, um, she like comes out in nothing but like a, she comes out in like lingerie basically. And Tim's like, Hey, what the fuck are you doing? And she, um, he he's like I'm not ready for that yet. We're fucking fourteen. Let's not let's let's slow down. Her aunt and uncle come home and he's just like her uncle freaks out. He's like, "Are you trying to fuck my niece? I'll kill you." A good reaction to have, man. Like it's that's that's it's unreasonable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then later, uh, when Stephanie's like, when Tim tells. Barbara, that Stephanie's pregnant. Barbara's like, are you? He's like, no, 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 no. 
I'm not even a. I'm not the culprit. Not even a suspect. He said, I didn't even, we, we kissed, we held hands. I didn't, it wasn't me. Uh, so basically just everybody always thinks Tim Drake is fucking, that was the point of this anecdote that went way too fucking long. Sorry. What is hilarious is Tim, like, Tim just strikes me as a kind of guy when he's just like, at least during this time. Oh yeah. He just, he doesn't, he's not down for that. Uh, he's just not into it. He's got other shit to worry about. Um, like there's a point where Stephanie says, uh, if she waited for Tim to be in the mood to, uh, to initiate something, then she'd get less than an agoraphobic monk in a one person monastery. She's like, you, like the, which the implication there is that they've done stuff, but Stephanie is always the initiating party, which makes sense for her character. Anyway, this is not this episode is not about Tim and Stephanie, but I'm me. Uh, they they fight this dude uh, in the courtyard. Jason puts his hood on for some reason uh, yeah, in front of I Isabel. Isabel's oh, like, "What the fuck?" He told yeah yeah he's wearing like a blazer, a t-shirt, uh, white loafers, no socks. <laughs> Ready for action. Just Vice City Jason. Uh, Corey comes down, and the dude is like, the dude works for Corey. Um, he's he's on her, he serves on her ship. Also, Corey's a ship captain. They go back to space, uh, and for some reason, Isabel gets dragged with them. Yeah, which, I'm not gonna lie, Isabel, Isabel grows on. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, huh, maybe more of this. She says, Jason goes, hey, so I can explain. And she's like, you lied our whole date. I don't believe you. Uh, th- yeah, they go to space. This is pretty much all that happens, except we're introduced to the rest of the crew of the HMSS Starfire. Uh, DePaulo, uh and Kiten. Now, when, <laughs> when we were talking about this, your exact words were I, I need Katen to return my calls she's like orange skin diamond yes but, you know I'm simple needs and uh, a tamarinian with a shaved head on one side yep that'll do it that'll do it there's also this dude here I don't think he ever gets a name but he's got this incredible fucking head of hair and a beard yes and the beard right yes yeah, who was that dude? <laughs> I have no fucking clue. That guy hey. rules, though. I need a... Instead of an Essence backup, they should have done a backup on this guy. Yeah, I'd watch I'd watch one about the crew of the Starfire. Definitely. Yeah. Yes, it should just be Captain Harlock. Uh, the next issue opens with Roy having been captured by the Blight. Uh, Which, the way they do that, I swore for now and I missed something. Yes, it's done really weird, but then this whole issue is done in flashbacks. Um... Also, on the cover of this issue, Roy looks very afraid. Yes. Um, basically, Starfire is like, I don't fucking want to go fight for Tamaran. I fucking hate these people. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm and the princess, but like, fuck, fuck these guys, man. Like, if she doesn't care about this shit, why should I? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the feeling. Is like, if Starfire doesn't care, why should I give a shit about Tamaran? 
we get the origin of how Blackfire stole, sold her into slavery. Which is still so... I... What... For what purpose? Yeah. Like, if you're these, if you're these other aliens, what do you gain from having this one royal slave? Why now, not I both think, of them? Yes. And I think the implication is that they specifically asked for her so that they could experiment. Yes. But they never pick up on it. Yes. So, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my note here is Blackfire, please call me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Blackfire, I've realized because I've been watching the uh, the old Teen Titans series. Uh, Blackfire is the origin of my love of uh, just, just totally fucking toxic women. Hey, man. It's got to come from somewhere. It's got to come from somewhere. And, and, and quick little side note about Blackfire. So I know that Starfire's is pronounced like Coriander, like the Sphinx. Is Blackfire pronounced Commander? That is, I think so. I think her name is Commander. Huh. Yep. Interesting choice. Yep. Yep. Uh, so issue 12. This is, at this point, I have fully stopped taking notes. I Here's a note. I hate the art. Yeah. It's, it's like bad, this slides harder on the uh, slot harder to life out. And like I said, everybody's costume is that weird kind of layered armor kind of thing. Yeah. And then the spacesuits, because crazily enough, they find spacesuits that uh, match both Jason and Roy's costumes, even though neither one of them are wearing their costumes when they got on the ship. And it happened to match in Isabel's corpse. Yeah. Just coincidence. Pure yep. coincidence. But like, so Roy's especially comes up on like his neck and like the back of his head. Oh, it's it's very it's havoc in the nineties. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of um how Nightwing Nightwing had one like that in one of the parking games. Yes. Where it's like this is how, but you're still Want to have your hair exposed? Yes. Um, also, I don't remember. Was Roy wearing the ball cap all the time before this run? No. Yeah. That's okay, so that's that is a new fifty two thing. Is Roy with the hat? Yep. At least as far as I remember, I know he wore it. Um, I remember him wearing it in Archer's Quest, but it's also he was also wasn't really in uniform. Yeah. And I think he was just, I think he was just hooded like all the, all the other things, or just had his hair out. I remember seeing the trucker hat and thinking, why the fuck is he going to this? Like, and I get it. It, it helps him stand out. Except yeah. it doesn't really, like, it, it just doesn't look, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, the cover for issue 12 is just, hey, it's Star Wars. Yeah. Like Pretty I think much. they even I think they even write it in like a Star Wars kind of font. Um, oh, but speaking of covers, these misleading ass fucking covers. Yeah, like, I get in comic books, and that you you think you put on there what's going to sell, but like one of them is just like Starfire being like strangled by Blackfire. Yes, like what is that? Yep. Uh, also the um. Jason looks weirdly older because they switch artists. This is Timothy Green the second doing the art for this. Yeah, Jason that's right. yep. looks so much older here, and that's that's not an improvement, man. Like that's no. not good. Um, that's not the change we wanted. 
and Isabel's like, hey, our date was super boring before this, so this kind of rules, actually. Yeah, I love that she just, like, rolls it with me, honestly. You were kind of boring. Um, you I told me you were a real like, estate, a realtor, like. You know, I was definitely going to lose your number after. Yeah, we were going to fuck, and then I was never going to see you again. Uh, and then they, Roy's retelling of the story is interrupted by Blackfire. Uh, or he, we catch up to present day or to, to the present time and Roy is talking to Blackfire. Uh, and when it's revealed, it was all an elaborate plot to rescue Blackfire from this mothership. Oh, and, uh, that reminds me, uh, something I do have is that, and we've said this probably a million times, but another thing that they touch on and they never bring up again is when he gets back, Jason kind of pulls him aside and is like, hey, are you on you? And he kind of goes into a self-loathing thing where he's like, it's not what I do myself. And Jason kind of like tells him, like, hey, man, like, listen, you can, you can be vulnerable. You can say that something hurt. And Roy kind of puts the wall up. And it's so interesting because that dynamic is shifted that shifted from how it was in the first issue where Jason where Roy is trying to be super friendly with Jason yeah and they just never touch on him yeah I don't know man this guy's dicks yeah yeah this shit is because then they rescue Blackfire and Blackfire so Corey and Calm she keeps calling her Calm so let's say that Uh, Corey and Calm go and fucking Calm starts crying and is like Oh, I'm so sorry, Corey. I never meant for this to happen to you. And it's like... <sighs> Blackfire being, like, an apologetic character is weird. Yeah, it is. Like, it's... Again, it's inconsistent. And I get that they were trying really hard to update the characters and change them from how you might have remembered them from being. But that's really stupid because new readers didn't get into this stuff. It was just old readers. So for an old reader... To go from the last time you saw Blackfire, where she was super evil, to now, where she's, like, weeping in her sister's arms. And, oh, I didn't mean, I, I hate, yeah. I only did it to save our people. And she's like, Corey's like, yeah, I know, I know. It's all okay. It's like, fucking, what? Who are these people? Yeah, they also, they also tease them. Yeah. Starfire shit. Where she was, uh, they're like jealous that she's confiding in Jason and Roy and that. And it's like, they don't pick up on that either. Like, uh. Yeah, like there's uh, a bit where like Katana's kind of looking around at them and it's like, hey, what's going on there? And they they are like, Starfire's like, I don't want to fucking be here. I, let's get the fuck out of here. And like, it, it blows because like, she kind of goes into a dodge drive behind. Or feel comfortable around a lot of people, but she doesn't. And so it's like, what's what's the point of planting both of those seeds if there wasn't going to be a betrayal? Like, yeah. so uh, what's the the first mate's name that sacrificed himself? Uh, the Paul. Paul. So with him, where I thought that was going is when he hangs up with Corey and then he contacts the White Mothership. I thought he was getting ready to turn. Yes. And it doesn't happen. It doesn't mean a noble sacrifice that she doesn't really want. 
I don't know, man. It's this is bad. It's bad media. Yeah. It's not well done. Yeah, un- like ungood. It. Then we interrupting the story is issue zero. Uh, where it's just, hey, here's Jason's origin, which is Jason's origin all the same, except his mom is actually being controlled by the Joker. This is the only good addition to his to his story at this point. Yes, this, because this, the, the other... This and the all-cast stuff, which I think is... I think the all-cast stuff on its on the whole sucks, but again, as a concept, good for Jason. Because the other major change that uh, it's implied here in Inside Out, almost stated in uh, Death of the Family, is that Joker manipulated all these events in Jason's life to have him become Robin just so he could kill Robin to the screw with that. Which is... Very I dumb. Can't how stupid that is. Very dumb. Because if he wanted to kill Robin, he would just kill Dick. Yes. 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 Because this is like like this starts years before. Yeah, this starts yeah. like two or three years before he gets like eventually adopted by Bruce. Like Like and the Joker is not <laughs> this fucking Machiavellian like schemer he's his plans are not set years in advance right and so that's the other thing so they say they say definitively that he was robbing for two years right yeah and the whole point is you're you're doing this to fuck with batman why did you wait two years for jason to just randomly see fly to the middle of and you could have just shot him in the fucking head and gone yes like week one. No, we got to drag him all the way out here to to Karak or like, whatever. Such a stupid fucking addition. Like, it's just trying to overcomplicate shit that didn't need to be complicated. Yep. Like the one thing they need to change in his origin is trick him. They changed it. Perfect. We're good. Like I don't get it. Man. That's that really got him must in the real bad. Yeah. So like like you were saying, this whole thing with DePaul happens. Uh. The, he blows up the Starfire inside the Blight Mothership. Uh, or DePaulo. The yeah. Oh, DePaulo. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know. That, that sounds like, like the name of your uncle that did. Yep. Uncle DePaulo's house. He sounds <laughs> sounds like he's hanging out with, uh, with Tony D'Angelo. You know? Uh, so they're fighting the blight on Tamaran, and uh, then we get that panel, that page I was, we were talking about before. I, I we've been recording so long, I don't remember if we said this on air or not. But yeah, I don't think we did. Uh, so Blackfire gets fucking stabbed through the back, clean through with a spear, and somehow manages to say as a sentence as the spear goes through her. Sister, I have failed you. And... So Corey screams out her sister's name. Jason simply... Jason simply says, Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's been run through with a spear. Corey is screaming. And all Jason... Jason just says, Damn. And Roy, not to be undone, he literally says, oh, no, he didn't. 
Yeah. Like oh, flatly. no. Oh, no, comma, he didn't. We're not making that up for a fact. That's not a clever joke. It's literally that the panel is just, oh, no, he didn't. Like, (laughs) so this is worth mentioning. Because of the artist change, uh, Jason's helmet no longer has a mouth. Uh, Lips. Yeah, no longer has lips. So it just, damn. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Out of a face with no mouth. Like, oh my god. And it's like... And his eyes aren't doing the thing anymore, so he just says, damn. Yes. That's (laughs) another thing I hate. Like, one of my biggest notes is that at one point, they start treating his mask like it's Spider-Man. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that, like, if he's shocked, the eyes on his helmet become shocked. But no. It's a helmet. And... Not only is a a helmet, we get confirmed like two issues later that he, much like post crisis Jason, still wears his Robin Domino mask underneath. Under, yes, there's no way his eyes can shine. There's no like it's so bad. Unless it's so unless bad. there are holes in the helmet, the exact size of the eyes under the Domino mask. So the, what you're seeing. Which is actually- in case, we're getting into we're getting into like 1960s Tony Stark. Yes. Uh, so Corey's powers go off like a fucking bomb, uh, and she just she solves the problem. Also, Blackfire's fine. We it, it cuts to a week later. Blackfire's fine, uh, and also kind of bleached. Yeah, like she was darker before. And you know, nothing that's weird to me is that. So you expect me to believe that the Blight is strong enough to kill and defeat Tamarians who have these explosive powers, but Jason's bullets and Roy's arrows are doing something? They're really good bullets. And, oh, this is what I alluded to earlier. At one point, they show Corey just with two guns. Yes, yeah, at some point here, uh, Corey just has guns. She has a fucking MP5 in one hand. <laughs> like this fucking Call of Duty. Like she's fucking Jax from Mortal Kombat Gold. Yeah, like, like for no reason. Like why is that in there? Uh, and then, so Corey says goodbye to uh, says goodbye to her sister. And they're on, they get onto the HMS, the newly christened HMS DePaulo, uh, which is, uh, which is captained by Kitten. I should add, her name is not Kitten. It is Kitten. K apostrophe T-T-E-N. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Her name is not Kitten. It's Kitten, which is all right. Which I thought it was kitten because they keep referring to Star Cat. So yeah. I was like, okay, well maybe it's a feline thing. Yeah. Also, around here we get something that I just I really would like to harp on for a second if I could. Please. Roy do. says he he compares Corey again to a cat because he says something to the effect of uh, underneath the surface of free love and um, and 
rub my belly again, there's a warrior. And me and Jason never saw this side of her. When, when, yes. When has she ever been depicted like rub my belly again? Um, I'll go to the other end of that question. Didn't you just watch her incinerate a room full of people to the bone? To to the bone, yes. Like I said earlier, it's inconsistent with its own portrayal of her. He can't. Labelle can't decide who she is. He'll pay one day. He will pay for his. Crimes. He will pay for his crimes. He also, um, I would like to say, I, I'm pretty sure he started the trend of. Jason Todd is going to hook up with another one of Dick Grayson's exes because I think during volume two of this book, they tease a thing with him and Barbara. Oh, that's gross. Yes. That's gross. Because imagine, imagine because dating, I, going out or having a thing with your brother's prom date five years later. And what's, what's even worse is that when he showed to hand off Mr. Freeze to her, she basically has to resist the urge to go fucking in. Like, she seems so disgusted that he's there. Yes. Like, and so later, I mean, there is a really good line that comes out of that that thing with him and Barbara later where she says, he says, look, we both know that I can't replace Dick Grayson. I spent enough, of, like, he's basically like, I spent enough of my life trying to be him. I'm, don't try and use me as a substitute for him. Which is a good line for Jason but it makes Barbara yeah. look like a, just a fucking skag. Yeah, it does. Who's like, like creeping on her oh. her already, like, especially because Dick is younger than Barbara. Explicitly. for Yes, Dick has always been younger than Barbara. Barbara, I think, is like a year or two older than him. Oh, shit. She's like, what, three or four years older than Jason, right? Yeah. So Jason would be maybe 21 and Barbara's 20, her... Barbara is his ex, his brother's 25-year-old ex. You know what's it's occurring to me now as I hear this? Um, Barbara has, throughout the very now dated every Robin except me. Yes. Yes. She, she's she's, with, she's dating Tim in the Arkham games, yeah. Which is Ugh. super gross. Because Barbara is, like, in the... In the Dixon run, Barbara is like an older sister to Tim. Yeah. As, when Tim as has girl did. trouble, he goes to, to Dick or Barbara. And actually, he'll go to both of them. He'll talk to Dick first because he's more likely to see him first. And then he'll talk to Barbara later that night. Like, hey, Barbara, I'm having an issue. You're a girl, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And so he'll... Jason Todd and... Yeah. Uh, that, didn't, that didn't give me indigestion, my friend. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Um, so Isabel makes a comment about, before they go to get on the ship, Isabel says, I could live 100 years and never fill out a spaceship, a spacesuit like she does. Isabel, oh, you, yeah, are, that's... you are also wearing a skin-tight spacesuit. Like, her body envy is horrifying. Really. You can tell when somebody writes something, a dude writes something, Like, what the fuck? Like, that's easily the third or fourth time. Did she, like, comment on Starfire's titties? Yeah. Yeah, like, fuck. Like, why don't you fuck her then, Isabel? 
You know, she probably down. I don't. I don't see scary with Starfire. Like, well, the way that well, Lindell writes her, she'll fuck anybody. So, I was about to say, like, the way he writes her it depends on what day of the week. She'd be like, hmm, you know, like again, I think that if you're writing alien characters, actually, I don't think I've said this, but an alien character should not subscribe to human rules of sexuality. Yes. Starfire should be like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Side note, that's also why I uh, like the idea of Jonathan Kent being uh, bisexual. Yeah, Um, fucking Kryptonian. Especially especially because he got aged up. So you gotta think, imagine if 11-year-old you suddenly becomes like 18-year-old you. You're gonna try to fuck everything. Yeah. <laughs> if it smiles at you, you're down. Like, hey, yeah. all right. As you once said about Gambit, his sexuality is how good is the whiskey? <laughs> oh, um, Remy. <laughs> Remy, that that's a... You're talking about a slutty man. Remy LeBeau. Gotta love it. Uh, so we are finally at the end of this. The last page here is the Joker has snuck into, has snuck onto that island that Starfire and Jason were hanging out on, which I guess they live on. I, I guess they live there. That's where they usually are. And which, once again, why? Yeah. For what fucking purpose? Because uh-huh. so. The the editorial purpose for having those last few panels is that uh because I read the next three issues after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is Death of the Family, and yes. Jason Isabel lives in Gotham, so he goes to spend like a day or two with her, and okay. like Joker. I just I'd like to point out this flight attendant who happened to be on their flight from somewhere in the from this island to Hong Kong who Jason then goes on a date with in Miami, happens to be from Gotham. Yes. Yes. It's... Sure. You know what I mean? They just keep finding stupid ways to bring him back to Gotham when it's his hometown. He's just from there. He's just from here. Like, it's his hometown, man. He's got um, he's got season tickets to go see the fucking Knights. I don't know. But the Joker does this fucked up thing where he... Uh, he sneaks in while Jason's in shop. Remember, Jason, trained by by Batman, by Batman, the and, assassins, and the all cast, and the all cast, can't hear a clown breaking into the house that he's in, and inject and shooting up Isabel to make her OD the way his mom did. And then apparently he somehow had surveillance in his TV to make it look like he's doing a news broadcast. Cause and it's real time because him and Jason start talking through the TV. <laughs> like it's not just a tape on a loop. Like no, he's actually it's a fucking camera feed. It's a fucking Skype call. And then that leads to Jason like falling to Joker's trap and all that. It's that for the family is not is it's it's Death one of the family is one of those things that I think that people thought was cool at the time because whoa the Joker cut his own face off and I was wearing yeah. his face like a mask. And it's like, and Isaac says, no, this, this fucking story sucks. Yeah, it's, uh, I said, it's good in solicits, you know? When yeah. you actually get down to the movie details of it, it's terrible. Um, the one fun little note that I did have there is that um, 
Joker calls the cops, which for what reason? But Joker calls the cops and the EMTs for Isabel. And the first, the lead detective that gets there is Harvey Bullock. And Jason Todd makes commissioner for a while. Sorry, I just I just remember that. So Jason Todd makes a point to say that Harvey Bullock will take care of her because I trust him. And he says it's because his time is robbing. But a fun thing I noticed is that when Jason's dad gets arrested, ends up serving life in prison in the zero issue, it's Harvey Bullock that's arrested. <laughs> so it's like, do you trust this man because he's such a shitty dad? <laughs> yeah, is that what it is? You fucking got, he arrested your dad, so you're like, no, 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 Bullock's cool? But yeah, I will say that one thing that is fun is that there's an issue. It's not fun because it ends with Jason and but there's an issue that kind of has a couple of cool Bat Family moments. Uh, a couple of stupid ones, too. Um, like, you know, Nightwing brooding in costume inside Wayne Manor. On a car and coil. Yeah, and then he just leaves, apparently. Because I've, I've realized that uh, later when Jason passes out, Dick's not buried. So Dick had already left. Dick went back to Bloodhaven. He's all right, fuck off. I don't want to be here. You know? But it's it's good because you get a couple of you get a couple of Jason and, and Bruce Wayne's. Um, Dick and, and I Jason having I, weird animosity is fucking stupid. Yeah, I don't especially know. if it we're presenting of, Jason as the mature one who does who's over it. Yes, that's another thing that's weird. It's just like, what, what, maybe I don't know. Maybe the maybe the justification is that Dick resents that Jason hates him for no reason. Maybe? I don't know, but they don't. But that's not his personality. That's the thing, right? Like it makes no fucking sense. Jace Dick gives. If you go back and read the the stuff from when Dick is Batman, and a lot of it is him dealing with Jason. Dick is always trying to give Jason a chance. Yes, like Dick is more willing to give Jason a chance than Tim is. Yep, arguably more than Bruce is. Really, yes, Dick is like the one person who is like trying with Jason. He's always trying to convince so, him know, that, that would, all the Red Hood shit is stupid. It's it's a very weird thing. Like that those panels of Nightwing just really blew my fucking mind. Like the idea that A, like he doesn't want to see Corey. He didn't even want to say hi to him. Like right. one of one of his, Boy, one who was one of his best friends. friends. Like But yeah, they get a, a really good moment. I think the one positive actually I'm thinking now, I don't even think Lobel wrote this part. I don't think he wrote this issue, so I'm not going to give him fucking credit for it. But it's, uh, it shows Jason and Bruce coming to terms with the fact that they both, they both feel like they failed each other and they both kind of heal through that. I thought that's really good because you yeah. don't get a whole lot of, you don't get a whole lot. But I don't know. It sucks that the Bat Family parts are some of the best parts and it's, Maybe twenty panels all together, about the whole run of this book. Yeah, the the best parts of this of this book up to this point, the first let's say seventeen issues, the, the the best parts of this book are the flashback in that one issue with uh was that issue three, uh, mm-hmm. with Jason and Bruce sitting on the couch. like Jason falls asleep, leaning on Bruce's shoulder. Bruce lays Jason's cape around him like a blanket, and they he just lets him sleep there. That's a really good yeah, moment. Yeah, popcorn watching the movie, you know. Yeah, the moment with Tim and J- uh, Tim and Jason on the roof or on uh, on the balcony of Tim's apartment, and uh, the 
the moment that you were just talking about with Bruce and uh, Bruce and Jason. Like those are the best oh, parts of one, this. One side note from that same issue. So uh, Jason kind of tries to reach out with, to Damien because he understands Damien's kind of the odd man out, and Damien basically tells him to go fuck himself. And <laughs> Damien and Roy, Damien and Roy just get into a fight for no reason, other than just being childish dicks. No pun intended. And then just end with he started both of the exact hilarious shit. Like Roy, you're a grown man. You cannot be arguing Never with this fucking twelve year old. What are you doing? You know, great stuff. You are with a middle schooler, Roy. This is a lot about you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in conclusion, this book stinks, man. This book, yeah. In conclusion, for those of you that suck with us for the last three hours, uh, which it did not feel like we were three hours, but this is. If you and I talk for three hours about this, the Back in Black episode with Manny is going to be a mess. That's going to be... Oh, yeah. I got to carve out an afternoon for that because that's just... Yeah, I'm ready for that (laughs) with bated breath. Um, But, uh, yeah, this book sucks. Uh, I'm glad to not have to touch it anymore. Um, It's weird because I do think the second volume of this is really good with with, uh, with Artemis and Bizarro. I think that book is a lot better. And I think a lot of yeah. why that book is better is because it's two characters who do not have these established histories and personalities. Yeah, I like the idea of, of it being like this weird bastardized trinity. Yeah, the they're, they're literally referred to as the Dark Trinity. And um, him and Bizarro especially, like, they have a... They've got a really fun relationship. Lead. Because he's yeah. Bizarro, so you can assign whatever personality you want to him. He's fucking Bizarro. Yep, and Artemis, Artemis is the point that could be three different characters. All right, that, that might as well just be a new character. Uh, you know, and so the three of them that works because because Artemis can be whoever she she doesn't have to be. There's not forty years of plot with Artemis there. Yeah, um, like there is with Starfire, where Starfire has an uh, has an established personality, and this is always conflicting with that. Plus, with them and making connections too, right? And hmm. then the the other thing is with them having that second volume taking place after Rebirth, you gain a lot because everything is set back to how it was post Crisis. So now you know you you're, it's not trying to uh, update the characters and establish the characters. This is new things for the twenty first century and new readers. Like no, it's this whole thing. They fuck with Black Mask a lot. You know, it's a lot's going on there, and it's a, a really. I really had fun reading it when I read it, and I honestly might go back and read when it becomes just the full-on Jason Solo because it just becomes Red Hood Outlaw. Yeah, I think I will too, honestly. And not then, the, not I know the last one. couple issues of that are just called Red Hood, so it drops the subtitle. So uh, I might go back to that. Uh, if you are going to, if you are. If you come away from this going, well, I really like the Red Hood. I really like, I, I want to read more with this character. Read that run. Read Red Hood and the Outlaws Volume 2. Uh, starts in 2016. Uh, and I think it just ended this year. So just start that run and just go. Um, if you want more with Starfire, she jumps over to the Teen Titans after this. Which is weird because she feels like she's like 20. Uh, so she's hanging out with Damien, which is weird. Starfire has kind of been on a team with every Robin 
but Stephanie. Yes. Stephanie was only Robin for 73 days. <clears throat> That's wild. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that it was that long, but she uh she says it in that first issue of Robins. She says, I was Robin for 73 days, and Tim says, Well, you were suspended for like three weeks of that, so because <laughs> Tim's an asshole. <laughs> um gotta love it, man. Uh, but thank you so much, Will, for uh, putting yourself through this fucking slog that is this book. Uh, and hey, man, it was, honestly, it was honestly fun. Was, yeah, this uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, we will actually have to do like a proper like Green Arrow, Daredevil, either Green Arrow or Daredevil uh, episode uh, in the future. Yeah. Uh, but until then, please follow this show on Twitter at MCMFpod. You can follow me at Archer Arios. That's A-R-X-H-E-R-A-R-I-O-S. The X is a C. Do not make me explain it. Uh, follow Will at Chaos Ghost. His, he's the patron saint of the Makarut. So if you would like... Yes, indeed. <laughs> if you would like to hear this man yell about the power of the root... I will teach you the gospel. I will show you the way. <laughs> um, but until next time, where. The episode's going to be one of two things. I haven't decided which one yet. I got to talk to Manny. Um, But until next week, thank you all uh, and have a good one.